Blog Talk Radio. What? It's time for Startup Office Hours again already? It's been a month? Well, here we are again. It's time for Startup Office Hours to talk about startup strategy, fundraising, and whatever questions might be plaguing you as an early-stage startup entrepreneur. I'm Scott Fox. I'm your host. I run the Startup Council as a global community service group. I'm a volunteer trying to help early-stage founders get farther faster with the resources that they have to build new businesses that can improve the lives of others, maybe make some money, and put your dent in the universe. Thanks for joining me today. We're going to fill an hour or maybe more with questions, pitch practice, and all kinds of topics related to early-stage entrepreneurship. So if that sounds like fun to you, please come online, invite your friends, click the like and thumbs up and subscribe, all that kind of stuff, and we're going to get going with a whole bunch of information, especially targeted towards early-stage founders. Now, why do I do this? Well, I'm a uh, serial Internet entrepreneur. I raised my first venture capital round over... Gosh, it was 25 years ago now, and I've been doing this ever since. Uh, Lots of companies, small, large, medium, (laughs) some you've heard of, many you haven't, and I've been busy trying to, well, I've done pretty well myself. Actually, I I wrote these books, um, three books. These are in English. The others are foreign translations. So if you're joining from overseas, maybe from the uh, Japanese version or the Russian version or the Vietnamese version or something like that, welcome. And my mission for a long time now, since I can kind of do what I want, has been to help other people um, make their contribution to the community, uh, to society. My thesis is that entrepreneurs are the most important class of people in the world. And that includes you. So thanks for being here. And the reason I say that is because entrepreneurs are the people that get things done. We're the people who show up and deliver. We're the people who innovate. We're the people who recruit other people and create teams. We're the people who find capital and deploy effectively to create more capital, which creates more opportunities for more people and more creativity, hopefully raising the standards of living for everybody. I'm a rising, uh, how's that go? Rising tide lifts all the boats sort of guy. So if this sounds like your sort of place, I hope you'll stick with me for the next hour or two. And we've got a bunch of people backstage who are going to come on camera and ask questions. If you want to join me as well, we can put up the link for that. Let's see. You can do that over here at uh, founderofficehours.com. And then um, we're going to talk through the questions that people backstage have, as well as practice some pitches. Uh, Based on my many years of experience doing this kind of thing, I'm an active angel investor. I'm invested in uh, enough companies that I lost count, north of 30 somewhere, as well as a limited partner in a bunch of different funds. And I spend a lot of time doing this because I want to help you. So I'm glad you're here. Let's uh, let's talk about what we're going to do today. So um, we have... um, Questions that will be coming in, the URL on the screen is how you can join us backstage. There's only room for 10 people backstage, but everybody that comes backstage, I'm going to put on camera in a minute to introduce themselves and tell us just quickly what they want to talk about. That way I can kind of arrange our little show here in an order that makes sense for those of you who are watching but not talking. I'm also going to turn on the chat room in a couple minutes here, and that will allow everybody worldwide to comment. In fact, let's do that right now. Um, Let's see, chat room, chat room. Yeah, there it is. Okay, here we go. So if you are over on uh, YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook, someplace like that, please uh, post a little message, a comment. Just let me know that it's working. Sometimes we have problems with, uh, you know, with the uh, settings and so forth. Um, in fact, I'm going to check my audio right now. Yes, that is correct. Look at that. There. How's that? Now you can probably hear me a little better. I forgot to check the microphone settings. Is that better? 
folks backstage? Yes, okay, sorry about that. See, this is a lot, a lot of things going on here. So um, if you're watching publicly, there we go. Rob from LinkedIn, thank you. I guess LinkedIn is working. Sound is way better, says Sandy. Thank you, I know. There's so many little tweaks, I forget to do them all. So here we are. I hope you heard my intro anyway. It was really good. So, um, okay, there we go. It's working great. Thank you, Marina. Tell me where you're from, too. I'd love to hear that. Uh, there we go. There's Cynthia's chiming in already from Orange, so she's local here. I'm in Southern California. So I do this each month uh, for an hour or two to take questions to try to help people. It's my lunchtime here, basically, so I'm taking a little break, uh, volunteering some time to help you uh, move your startup along. I've been doing this a long time, like I said, um, and if you want to know more about me, you can go to the startupcouncil.org or, or just go to Wikipedia. There's a page about me there, uh, stuff like that. Uh, there's not going to be any sales pitches today except from you. You can tell other people about your startup and get some pitch practice in and nobody's writing checks today but this is a good chance to practice your pitch and to get some feedback that can be helpful and constructive uh, with a lot less pressure than when you're actually uh, at a pitch competition or up in front of a group of investors right so this is meant to be fun I want to also encourage you all to use the chat room go ahead put your um, put your URL for like your LinkedIn page in there or your website or, or something a project that you might want help with what are you working on go ahead and use the chat room what I'm really trying to do is build a community here not just for me I can't help everybody or talk to everybody but you can all talk to each other and that's the way you get ahead in this game you build relationships and you find more people to work with and some of those will probably include investors if you do things right so here's my LinkedIn Earl I'm gonna put it in right now and you're welcome please say come over and say hello please don't just click and say hi though I mean don't just click give me a little note because I, I literally get hundreds of these messages and I really I'm one of those old-school people I only like to collect with people I have at least some connection to I know obviously we're not going to be best friends uh, today immediately but just say hi you saw me on the show on the office hour show or something like that and I'll be happy to accept your um, your uh, connection and we can uh, keep uh, keep building things together so who we got here? Uh, Cynthia from Orange County. Uh, Ron is working on Next Fan. Athena, hey, from Anaheim. Nice to see you, Athena. And uh, Portland, Oregon, great. Uh, North Georgia, San Clemente. All right. So so far we're only on the West Coast and San Diego. Yeah, only in Las Vegas. That's a little Arlington. There we go. Rob's in Arlington. Uh, LA, Berlin. Thank you, Chris. I was looking for an international one. <laughs> There's Berlin. Uh, that's the beauty of the internet here. Uh, we can all get together remotely. Istanbul. Hello, Dimitri. All right, there we go. So now we're spreading out across the ground. Uh, Ottawa. Yeah, I thought so. This is the this is the internet thing. You know, that's the one thing that I really liked about the pandemic, and it's probably the only one, is that we all got way better <laughs> at this whole uh, internet thing, right? Uh, the global. Uh, uh, conferencing zoom and uh, all these tools that we have now and it's great to see you guys and have you here so let me do a couple quick um, a couple quick uh, uh, sponsors and disclaimers so let me say first uh, this is a public forum this is being recorded and is being shared online obviously so if you do come on or um, don't say anything stupid <laughs> uh, well, that you wouldn't want other people to know so to, uh, ask your questions but don't want to give away anything too confidential uh, probably more important this is not qualified legal or financial advice I'm a licensed attorney in California uh, I have an investment banking background and a bunch of uh, used to have a bunch of uh, financial qualifications and the uh, credentials and stuff but this is not about that this is more like strategy and I'm just some guy you met on the internet so if you are listening to this uh, don't take it too seriously check with your own qualified legal and financial advisors as well as your friends and mentors and employees and everybody else right I'm just one guy you met on the internet so don't uh, don't take it too seriously this is for entertainment purposes only 
Okay. Now let's talk just quickly about our sponsors, and then we're going to get to our questions. So sponsors, we have some cool sponsors, and the number one of which is here, my friends at Cake, Cake Equity. So Cake is a a global stock options management platform. So every one of you folks, I don't know how early you are, but if you are, you're going to set up a corporation, if you want to raise venture capital, you need a corporation, and then you're going to need to issue stock options to your team and to your, uh, well, mostly your team, right? And Cake makes that a lot easier than it used to be. It used to be a real uh, difficult and often expensive process because lawyers would get involved in uh, tracking all the people that invest in your company. You manage the capitalization table and then the options. And Cake is a great, easy-to-use uh, tool and much, much cheaper, for example, than Carta. Uh, and, um, uh, and plus, they're really nice folks. And the full disclosure, I'm an investor in the company. That's why <laughs> I'm a big fan of this company. I actually invested because I think it's such an important service for all of you and, and me too, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a customer and a user and an investor. So Cake Equity. Also wanted to point out Let's see, um, a couple of our others here. The main thing is, is Startup Council, right? So this is, this is my organization here, startupcouncil.org. So I started this a few years ago. I started here in Southern California, and it's been very helpful in getting the community together. We have lots of sponsors and lots of events, and we have a newsletter and a directory and, a, you know, all the stuff that helps people find the resources they need to build companies. So we're expanding nationally and even internationally, as those of you from um, uh, Herndon, Virginia, and Florida, and Ottawa, and D.C., and Berlin, and Istanbul, um, you're all invited here, and you can be a member for free, and what we have is a bunch of services, basically. You know what? I actually have a graphic for this. Okay, no, not that one. Sorry, I turned off the chat. That was my mistake. Um, come on, chat, come back. Um, but the design, here we go. Okay, so here's a bunch of logos. Now, this is not necessarily pretty, but it gives you the idea. So startupcouncil.org is the mothership, essentially. But these others are all services that we offer to help you. If you're an early-stage founder, startup investors director, you, there's uh, thousands of early-stage investors categorized 48 different ways. So you can find the right investors for you. Nationalstartupsdirectory.com, you can list yourself there so those investors can then find you. It's the same search engine, but in reverse. So one is to, you can go find investors, and the other is you list, and they come find you. Startupevents.org, just what it sounds like. It's the world's only uh, global calendar, uh, well, mostly English-speaking, of course, um, but the only calendar of only virtual events, only for startup founders. So if you don't live in Palo Alto or London or a big startup city, this is a list of events for you, trying to help folks in rural and non-coastal cities, for example, find the free education that they need. Uh, so it lists all kinds of networking and educational events and fundraising events and pitch competitions and all that kind of stuff. So that's startupevents.org. It's free. And then uh, our, our uh, workshops, our masterminds workshops, I run those once a month. And um, those are uh, designed, they're kind of like this, but smaller groups. And I run them in person here in Southern California and also online every other month. So you can come and join us if you want to work directly with a bunch of cool folks uh, with similar mindsets and needs. Okay, so room is full. Okay, so we're going to get started with questions here, but the uh, room is full. So there's only room, like I said, for 10 people backstage. So I apologize if you can't get right in right now. The folks that are there will be... Um, will be cycling out as we answer their questions and then new people can come in, especially like if you want to pitch. We're going to do some pitches later in the show. Okay, so let me, um, my last, uh, did the chat break or did people stop posting? When I click on it, it goes away. So if somebody could post something again, hopefully that will feed through. 
um, out there on YouTube or LinkedIn. I didn't know, is anybody on YouTube actually? Is the YouTube not working? I can't monitor everything at the same time when I do this. Um, there we go, testing. Thank you, Nicholas. Very, um, where are you from, Nicholas? I don't recognize your name. All right, so we're going to, uh, okay, I keep saying we're going to get started. We are getting started. Let me just check my notes here. Okay, I told you about that, told you about that. Okay, cool. All right, so now we really are going to get started. It is, okay, Verto Parking Services and Arduino and Cynthia. Thank you, Cynthia. Enjoying the show. All right, well, cool. Well, we're hardly even started yet. Here we go. Okay, so folks backstage, like Gongju Hakimi is from Malaysia. Hey, Hakimi, Malaysia. Bhavani is from Ireland. Excellent. Eric from Berlin. And Sandy, you're local. I think I met you. And uh, Eric from San Jose. And uh, Nick, Randy. Hey, Randy. And, okay, a bunch of folks there. We're going to bring those folks on camera. So if you're backstage, please turn on your camera for a minute. I want to bring you all on for a minute. I'm going to turn off the chat so we have more screen room for a moment, uh, but your, uh, your questions will show up and we'll go back through them. Don't worry. So go ahead and keep posting. And while you're at it, go ahead and um, please like and subscribe. And go ahead and invite your friends. Um, you know, send them over to the YouTube channel. It's easy to find. Um, okay, so I'm going to bring folks on from the backstage. And yeah, backstage is full, folks. So we're going to bring this first group of people on, see what they want to talk about. And we'll try to do this in some kind of logical order. Yeah, full house here today. Okay, cool. Okay, so here we go. One, two, three, Nite, Sandy, Dong, sorry, I don't know how to quite how to say that, Dong Zhu, but I'm sure you'll help me. Just hang on a second. Let me bring everybody on. And Troy and Hakimi and Nick. My goodness, full house. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Good to see you all. Um, okay, so welcome to Fundraising Office Hours. So we're going to talk through, and what I'd love from you right now is um, mute if you can. Somebody in the car there, maybe? Can you mute until, we're, until you're talking, please? Thank you. Um, you know, you all know how this works. So I'm going to take some quick notes, and tell me each what you uh, are here to talk about, and I'm going to just the quick version, okay, just like the five-second version, and I'll try to... Uh, stitch that together into some kind of uh, coherent program for everybody else to listen to. So let me start, um, just in, you're in the order on my screen here, uh, this, uh, let's see, who do we got here? Uh, Troy. Hey, Troy, what did you want to talk about today? Hey, Scott, uh, I was, we uh, applied to Pitch, to oh, pitch okay. our, uh, our company called Gamut Tech, okay. and our hardware tech product that gamifies the toilet. Cool. All right. Nice to see you. Um, we'll do that a little later in the show. Okay. Um, then we're going to go over to who's this? Hakimi. Hey, Hakimi. Nice to meet you. Hakimi, can you hear me? You're frozen. Okay. I'm going to keep moving. We can come back to you, though. Hakimi, if you, if you come, if you hear this. Hey, Scott. The well, last time I was here, you oh. look much, much older, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here to check things out. Okay, cool. Well, nice to meet you. We're in, we're in the Malaysia. Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear Yeah, we're good. Okay. Well, nice to see you again. Because it works fine. Apparently, my microphone works really fine. Yeah, you're good. Okay, how about Nick? Mm -hmm. Yeah, hi, Scott. Hi. Um, uh, on my end, I want to discuss about uh, early state investments and safe agreements and what's the best route in order to do so. Excellent. Okay. Fundraising documents. Cool. Thank you. And then above him, uh, 
Randy. I don't. I didn't put you on, Randy. Sorry. There we go. There's Randy. There we go. Hey, what's up, Randy? You got to unmute, my friend. So I have similar questions about safe. I'll, I'll let the other person ask the questions and follow up with that. But okay. And I did have a question about uh, transitioning the business. Uh, just an opinion. Okay. That sounds interesting. That was a good teaser. Now you got me curious. <laughs> okay. And then uh, Dong 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 Zhu. How would you say that? Uh yes, it's Dong Zhu. Okay. Okay. Hey Dong Zhu, where are you calling from? I come from uh, Tampa, Florida. Oh, okay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes. Yeah. Back here, um, my uh, our co-founder, so Yubon, okay, so attended your oh. uh, private uh, meeting uh, last week. So, so Yubon and I were the co-founder of our uh, of the South Only, and uh, today here, uh, I would like to uh, practice our investor pitch and uh, get some feedback, and also ask some. Uh, information about how to get the investor for the preceding stage. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Nice to meet you. I remember you. Oh, yeah, we was in our last uh, masterminds group uh, well, last week, I think it was. Yeah, nice to see you. Glad you're here. And uh, Nite, Nitai. Hey, Scott. Uh, good to meet you. You too. I had a bunch of questions about uh, what makes the time come for this in terms of like finding investors, maybe just an organic way to meet angels, but Honestly, I just looked through your background in, in the world of broadcast. So if you have any insights in terms of the, uh, the nuances there, like in getting started, do you want to go to agency group? Do you want to develop content on your own? I'd be, I'd be curious about that as well. Okay. Specifically in the broadcasting world? Um, yeah, I, mean, I would say, you know, giving a kind of verbal presence coming from your company. So from a brand standpoint, if you want to put things out to customers who are members, for example, what would be a good way to get started in terms of delivering content that's brand specific? Okay. Okay. Maybe industry specific. I don't know if that's too general, but. Um, well, well, we'll come back to it. Okay. Nice to meet you. And Eric. Uh, hello, Scott. Yeah. Uh, connecting from Berlin. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a, just a small question on what the right uh, or the next steps would be after having developed an entity and getting to launch it. Not necessarily finding investors, but more so um, the right people to connect with to test um, the system, to test the MVP, basically. Oh, interesting. Okay. Operational question. Great. That's some variety. Cool. Thank you. That's good. And thanks for staying up. You're, what time is it? Yeah, not too late, but still nighttime for you. Thank you for being here. And then Eric? Yeah, I'm Eric Pai. Nice to meet you, Scott. Hi, Eric. Um, based here in San Jose. Uh, first time joining this group, so really... Uh, uh, glad I found it. Um, I'm with uh, AI for Pets. We uh, help pet parents uh, scan their pet's health through um, AI technology. Um, my question, or two questions really, is um, one, how to navigate the, uh, kind of the U.S. VC space or, or investment space um, coming from a, a South Korean-based um, company. Um, and the second one is uh, more around the problem um, slide uh, or slides um, in our pitch deck and how to really focus in on is it the, the size of prize that's most important or the impact that we can make for pet parents in general. Um, so understanding is it really quantity or quality that we're trying to solve and how we should approach that. For, for which audience? 
Uh, so, so specifically for the the investor audience, um, we're talking about the problem uh-huh. of what we're trying to solve, okay. uh, and and how to how to think about that. Really yeah, yeah. That. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, that's an insightful question, even the way you frame that. Okay, and I think I missed Sandy. Sandy, you're right in the middle there. That's why I missed you. Sorry. <laughs> hey Scott, how are you? I am in Aliso Viejo. Yes, we have met. Um, I think it was actually about two weeks ago tonight, actually. Oh, okay. Um, cool. And my question is um, about raising money, doing fundraising while you're still an S corporation. I want to postpone becoming a C corporation until next year because of the way that California administers the minimum franchise tax. Huh. And so I'm trying to avoid paying that for a while longer and wanting to know if I can fundraise as an S corporation and then just transfer everybody to a C corporation as soon as they form that on January 2nd. Okay. Interesting. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thank you all. Since I have you all here, um, I appreciate you being here. Can you all give me a quick uh, smile or wave and I can take a little screenshot because that you know how this works, right? This is, a, this is the Internet, so it didn't happen unless we take pictures. So there we go. So cool. Thank you. Okay, so let me, um, let's see here. Let's, let me take a second here. I'll let you guys go for a minute and uh, see what, uh, what our, let's see. Okay, let me think about what we're doing here. Sorry, I got a bunch of people here today. Thank you all for filling up the backstage there. Somebody needs to mute too. Is that me? No, there it goes. Okay, I think it might have been. You got a lot of background there, noise. If you could mute, that would be super. Um, okay, cool. It only matters when you're on camera, so if that's a problem, go ahead. We'll just take care of it when you come on camera. Okay, so there you go. So that's what we're going to do today. Now you know the table of contents, uh, the friends from all over the world here um, trying to uh, move their startups forward farther and faster. And I do this because I used to be you, and I didn't have a me. <laughs> so I'm trying to uh, – we're going to go through those questions together. And if that sounds interesting to you, please invite your friends. Uh, right now, tell them to come on over and join us on uh, YouTube and uh, places like that. We've got a lot of different um, uh, venues. Uh, this is on uh, Facebook and YouTube and Blog Talk Radio and LinkedIn all at the same time. So if you want to contribute and participate, please do. Let me run through the chat room real quick and just uh, see if there's anything uh, that I missed uh, real quick. And we'll, um, sorry, did I turn it off again? I did. I keep doing that. Okay. Now chat this. There we go. Okay. So now I have your, let me look through the chat for a second and then we're going to get to our questions. So, okay. I said hello to you folks. Hello, hello, hello. Um, Let's see, Portland, Oregon, Anaheim, Berlin, Istanbul, Ottawa, Florida, Herndon, D.C. Um, let's see, uh, let's see, testing, YouTube is working, okay, 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 there we go. Okay, good. So it looks like we're caught up there. You all are just talking to each other, and that's perfectly legit. Please do. Uh, go ahead and make friends. Uh, LinkedIn seems to be the operating system for entrepreneurs these days, so if you're not active there, you should be. Go on over. In fact, you know, we started recently a LinkedIn group for uh, founders and um, investors who want to accelerate their, their startups, and um, I'm trying to remember what we called it. If you go on LinkedIn, you can search startupcouncil.org accelerator group 
I think that's what it is. Anyway, uh, you can find that. If you connect with me on LinkedIn, then I'll invite you anyway. So, um, yes, Josh, go ahead and put questions in the chat, and we will try to get to that. All right, so let's get to our live questions, though, first. Those get priority. So um, let's see here. we got some pitches, um, early-stage documentation, safes and investing, um, pre-seed uh, fundraising, content, post-MVP launch, Pitching, how to navigate the US VC system. Okay, raising S Corp. Okay, let's start. Um, let's see. How about we start? Um, I don't know. How about we start with, with uh, Eric here? So, Eric, are you still around? Your question was kind of the most general one we had. So, uh, but your camera's off. So, if you're busy eating lunch, that's fine. <laughs> I'll move on to Sandy. Uh, but, Eric, there he is. Okay, you want to join me? Okay, you eat eating lunch. I caught you. Nice. Okay. So um, I gather, so we can maybe, um, did you want to pitch later too? I think you sent in a pitch, didn't you? That'd be great. Yeah, okay. please. Okay. We'll try that later. But um, so your question, let's talk about the landscape for uh, venture capital fundraising first. And we can talk about your investor problem presentation maybe also later. Um, it's interesting to me because you're coming at this, it sounds like, with fresh eyes. You're, your company or you are from South Korea and you're new here? Is that kind of the background? Uh, the company company is coming from South Korea. Uh, I'm actually from uh, the States and uh, here in California. Uh-huh. Uh, but the, the, the company, because of our technology, we've uh, developed this with our researchers and our engineers in South Korea. And um, we've tested it and kind of proven traction in Korea. And now we want to officially launch this in the U.S. Uh, so our big kind of challenge and our goal is to connect our, our company to, to the right audience, uh, make sure we have the right fit, uh, product market fit, uh, and then understand, I guess, the VC landscape, because um, we have raised in Korea, but now we're trying to raise here in the States, and what that kind of landscape and dynamic might look like, sure. the challenges and hurdles, and maybe some tips and advice uh, from you, Scott, would be great. Yeah, okay. So how much have you raised already? So in South Korea, we've raised uh, $2.4 million oh, great. Um, in Series A, mm-hmm. and we had, uh, you know, uh, an actually an approval from the, government, the South Korean government um, as the first medical uh, device uh, for, for non-face-to-face uh, teleconsulting. And so what this technology essentially does is you have your phone and you scan your pet's eyes, for example, and uh-huh. um, it, it will detect whether the, uh, the eye is healthy or not, uh, and, and it'll give you the, the, the results with about 90% accuracy, which is something that we're, we're incredibly proud of. It takes about three years. Very cool. Uh, this technology. Very cool. Okay, and so, so, well, we can hear more about that during your pitch practice, but so the two and a half, 2.4 million uh, U.S. you've already raised, so you're on your way in terms of funding. So this is not a from scratch friends and family situation, it sounds like. You're looking more like at a Series A, whatever that means these days. But so your next round you're thinking is probably three or five or eight million or something? What kind of ballpark are you roughly thinking about? Yeah, r- roughly we're thinking around five to ten million yeah. um, for for Series A in the U.S. And obviously it's different from you know Korea and, and the traction that we've heard. And I think that's another question is yeah. um, how important traction is currently in the states yeah. versus you know what we've seen in Korea. Sure. Okay. So let me um, I'll start talking and you can wave your hand if I go in the wrong direction. <laughs> um, so. Um, so let's give an overview for everybody. Uh, this is great because you kind of have the external 
perspective on the U.S. market. So uh, obviously, angel investors invest smaller here, uh, starting at maybe 25,000 or maybe even five or 10,000 these days, right up to maybe 50 or 100,000. A group of angels, like I belong to Tech Coast Angels, which is the largest angel group in, in North America. We've got about 400 members and we've put about $250 million into companies, over 500 companies over the last 20 years. Um, in that case, there's a bunch of us will come together and you might raise between 300, maybe five or 600, uh, but then we might syndicate to other angel groups and you might get a million or more, especially once you uh, syndicated. So that's kind of, you're probably past that already, but that's kind of context for everybody else. So the next step then is early stage venture capital. So um, at the Series A level, there are thousands of firms these days. It's, it's really hard to find who's who. There are so many. Everybody calls themselves a venture capitalist or an angel investor now. So a lot of the emphasis, I think, if I were in your position, would be on research. Uh, who are the real players in this in this uh, in your space, uh, looking both terms of uh, especially industry sector, right? Who who are players in there? You've got corporate uh, VCs that might be strategic, have strategic interests as well. Um, and then I would be looking also the thing that people never talk about is which of these funds are actually active because funds raise on a life cycle and they might have been really busy three years ago, but now all their capital is invested and they're just waiting to see how this fund works out or maybe they're busy raising another fund they're not actually investing. So they could be good friends for later, but are probably not in a position to write you a check now. And that's something that's almost never discussed. Um, but there's a timing element to this that goes far beyond just whether it's Christmas or not, right? Is it is a multi-year cycle uh, for investors. Um, it's also important to know, and uh, is this, am I on the right track? Is this helpful? Yeah, I think having a, a kind of a general landscape of the, of the, of the VC space is, is very helpful. And yeah, we are definitely trying to look for the right fit with the, the right investors and the people who are interested in pet care technology. Right. Um, that's uh, ultimately the space that we're going to, uh, you know, hopefully transform, and we want to be the leader in that. Yeah, well, it sounds like you could be. Um, so the, the thing I would do is, like I said, is research. For example, one of the things that we built is the startupinvestorsdirectory.com. It's, um, it's a little earlier stage than you, but still might be useful because there's all kinds of people there, uh, people meaning the investors. Um, and you can really drill down on things. And some of the – this it's a unique database because it allows people to search for investors who, for example, you can look at their portfolio – but you can also search on things for people who like are interested in say in black founders or immigrant founders or veteran founders or, you know, any qualifications that you and your team have, which in this case, maybe there's an immigrant angle, for example. Um, and that, because a lot of people want to support that, right? Um, because immigrants are such a great benefit to our society. Um, so the research I think is really key. The, the trick is that the research tools are very expensive. Well, ours is, 50 bucks or $70 or something. It's, it's, it's really, it's like a cost basically, right? But PitchBook is like $12,000. So I don't know with your funding if that's what you want to be spending it on, right? And you can spend a lot of time on Crunchbase, which is another one. Um, mm -hmm. And it's hard to find the right people who are also current. But the trick is to look at the who they've invested in already and then try to work backwards. Um, I would also think for you, you've said a couple times, uh, and you're probably on this, but just want to point it out. Uh, you're not just pets, you're medical, right? So there's a a lot of medical stuff and I'm sure it's in your roadmap that this isn't just going to work on dogs it's going to work on me right so 
So there's a lot of investors who you know, it will open your world a lot to look beyond pets, uh, especially, for example, here in Southern California, in San Diego and Orange County, we have a lot of biomedical uh, and med tech sort of startups um, that I would be looking at. So you might look also geographically here and in the Boston area uh, specifically because there are investors with a lot of experience there. And the easiest touch uh, again, maybe not for you, you're a little farther along, but if you want to find angels in this space, is to find people who've had success, who've already exited, right? Because they've had a win, and now they're ready to put some more money to work. And uh, those people are, are really good for fifty or $100,000 checks anyway. And in your case, you might want to really look also at a, an advisory board or some kind of folks. I don't know what your staff is like, your team, but to have some people who are U.S.-based who have the connections that you want to, to look smart to investors. Um, that's a strategy piece that would be, probably be very useful for you uh, so that you have credibility here like you do in South Korea. Um, and and a, a question on the investor um, fit piece. If the investors have already uh, exited out of um, a very similar, uh, let's say, um, startup or similar technology um, or something maybe related, is that uh, always a better fit, or is it better to find someone who hasn't invested in this space, but who who is more interested in, in venturing into that? Um, well, money's money, so you know, if they're interested, that's who you want to talk to, right? This is like right. this is like dating, right? You can look at a lot of girls, but the one that likes you back is the one you want, right? So, um, so you know, that's kind of up to you. I would suggest though that uh, given what you're doing, it's probably technical enough. It depends on how you want to sell it, right? Do you want to sell? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a longer discussion, right? But both could make sense in the right spaces. I've had more luck. It's Let's put it this way. The way to get people to invest, and this is for everybody with fundraising questions. This is one of my big theses, which will be in my, my next book, actually. Um, people invest. It's like sales, right? You buy from those you know, like, and trust. It's the same with investing. So you have to build a level of trust. That's why people start with friends and family because their friends and family, they may not understand the business or even care, but they know and love you and they trust you because they raised you, right? Um, you need to find a way to shortcut that you know, 20 or 50 year relationship with your family with a new investor. And the best way to do that is to go into people who already understand the domain you're talking about. They have expertise and experience so they can quickly give you the benefit of the doubt. Whereas if you're talking to me and I have no idea about this stuff, it just sounds cool, I may get there, but it's going to be, you, you've got to climb every step, right? You can skip a couple of steps if somebody like, hey, I've already exited three, you know, scan, medical technology scanning companies, and I love dogs. Like, okay, that's a good prospect, right? You'll just get there faster. Um, so that's my thesis. So uh, could be wrong. And everybody, hey, by the way, in the chat room, go ahead. I see people asking questions. But go ahead and argue with me, right? I don't have all the answers. I'm just like hosting here, right? So help Eric out and give him your experience and your ideas. That, that could be really helpful as well. Um, Okay, well, so how's that? We, we probably need to move on to another question, but is that helpful? That, that's super helpful. Yeah, thank okay. you. Um, I guess my only other follow-up was, uh -huh. uh, in that first meeting, what is the type of slide or type of content that you want to show yeah. and present? And then, obviously, the second meeting is going to be probably more intensive. Yeah. But what is the ideal kind of setup for that first one? I've got one word answer for you there. Money. I don't care about your product. You may have a lovely backstory and the best technology in the world. I'm an investor. How are you going to make money? And, and how do you make money? I was at a pitch thing just the other day at University of California, Irvine. Some fantastic technology. But it was a bunch of professors and grad students. And they pitch all about the tech. And they hardly ever get around to the business. And unfortunately, investors, 
we're as altruistic as we can be. I give I give the profits from my books to charity. I do what I can, right? But I, I don't I don't care what your story is unless it's a business. You have to tell me about the business. So the answer to your question is money. Show me the money. How are you making the money? How much and when? And when do I get my money back multiplied by how much? That's the slide I want to see. All of that depends on your story, of course. You can't have one with the, the other. But founders tend to be product first, business second. Investors the other way around. Business first, product second. So hopefully that's helpful to you. Um, okay, well, nice to meet you. Going to bring on, keep moving. Sorry, too, sorry we got to keep moving. Go sign up for the mailing list and hope to see you at some future events and maybe in person since you're here in California. Yeah, okay. we'll do. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. All right, so hopefully that was helpful. Uh, if you're still here, thanks for watching. And um, I see a bunch of questions in the chat room. We're going to talk to some folks uh, backstage here. Let's bring on Sandy uh, for a second. Actually, let me just look at the chat and make sure nothing's on fire, okay? <laughs> Sometimes people are in there like, hey, we can't hear you or something like that. Um, well, there's an easy one. Hold on. Let me just put this one up. Um, I think that's supposed to show it. Here it comes. Yes. Um, uh, finding angel investors in the idea stage. The best, I, I'm not trying to hammer you guys, but this startup investors directory I was talking about, I built this to help you, okay? That's what this is for, okay? That's what it's for. Um, and it's as affordable as we can make it. I, like I said, I think it's $79. Actually, there's a code on there, SID launch. You can try it for free. Just go look. It's a search engine, right? Just go look around. Um, and uh, that is the best resource that I know. The problem with your sentence there, Verto, parking services, is in the idea stage. Almost nobody funds ideas anymore. I'm sorry to tell you that. You're probably going to have to go and raise money from friends and family and get started on your own. There's just too many ideas in the marketplace. Uh, idea stage is really a tough go. Um, I wish it were otherwise, but that's just kind of the facts. And I, the reason I do this show is to tell you pe things that other people won't tell you, and that's kind of the truth. Okay, I see some great questions here from uh, Joshua, Marina, Sean, uh, Josh again. Um, okay, and uh, you all can help each other while I'm talking. Let's, um, yeah, well, there you go. Cynthia, sorry, uh, Eric, this is for you. Uh, there's a comment in the chat. Cynthia says, Orange County, California has a powerful ophthalmic device ecosystem. That's right. That's exactly, that's right here where I live. And uh, Edwards Life Sciences, and um, there's a bunch of ophthalmology. There's, a, there's an ophthalmology-specific fund I think it's called Vision Vision Ventures or something like that. Maybe Cynthia knows. Uh, anyway, but yeah, Orange County, uh, Eric, you, you probably want to look here. It's not dog. It's not pet-centered. It's human-centered, but obviously there's overlap there. Okay, let's talk to Sandy about her. She's got a real early-stage question here uh, about funding and covering her expenses while she bootstraps her way to success. Hi, Sandy. You want to, Can you just give us the short version again of what your question was? So... Um I want to fundraise, and I'm currently a California S corporation, yeah. and um, I've been told I should form a separate company for my app that I'm developing, which needs to be a Delaware C corporation, yep. and I want to avoid doing that until January 2nd because California charges this $800 minimum franchise tax but they waive it the first year that you're in business. So if I become a Delaware C Corporation now, almost November, I'm going to have to pay that $800 in March, which I'd really like to avoid doing because I can think of better things to do with $800. Yes. Um, so I would, so what I'd like to do is fundraise under my S Corporation now and then 
tell everybody and or convert everything into the Delaware C Corporation when it's formed on January 2nd. Okay. My $64,000 question is like, can I do this? Is it legal? Will I get in trouble with the SEC? Because that's the last thing that I want to do. Sure. Yeah, that's not a good way to spend money for and sure. I know California has its own like set of fundraising rules for crowdfunding and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot here. I just want to make sure that I'm doing this right. Well, I, I can't give you legal advice. So this is not legal advice or official financial advice. You really should talk to a tax attorney or a, sorry, a, a, a transactional attorney really, or a CPA or somebody that does this all the time. My guess, and it's all it is is a guess, is that yes, you could do that. And the reason is not a legal or regulatory one. It's more just a uh, time management one, which is that raising money generally takes a couple months. So if you um, start now, it's November, and we're going to hit the holidays, it's probably not going to happen until January anyway. So uh, if that's, just to be clear, you're talking about January 24, not 25, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. So you and this will be from friends and family, so it might not yeah. take a couple of months. This might be like oh, a week or two that, that I, after, oh, okay. after I pitched You're them that I could get the money. That's yeah. why I'm asking. Yeah, well, that's specific enough. I'm sorry. I can't give you a, a straight answer, but the it doesn't scare me. I mean, the reality is, again, this I'll say things other people wouldn't, and I may get in trouble, so don't nobody sue me about this, right? But, you know, is, is the government really going to chase you? for, you know, are they even going to notice? I mean, you know, that's not a good strategy, like a scale, but, but like, you know, six weeks and you're probably talking like $50,000 or something, right? This is not a $5 million. Like, it's not even going to be worth their time to chase you, even if they did notice, right? I mean, so I'm speaking as a businessman, not as a tax attorney, but like, I certainly wouldn't spend my time that way. Um, so uh, it doesn't scare me, but I think um, you should talk to somebody for real, but um, something, an offer something like, um, well, do you, here's the question, I guess. Do you need to take the money in this year? Like if, if you're, yes. you do. Oh, you need it before December 31st? Yes. Oh, okay. I have, I have a developer I need to pay. I have sales and marketing to do. I have, yeah. you know, other expenses and stuff. And right. um, I, 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 like I need the money two months ago. Okay, so, okay. Um, all right. I thought yeah, we could push it off. I thought we could push it off till first quarter. So I okay. So that's a little different. Um, so who are you worried about? Uh, if you fully disclose it to the investors, I don't think that they should or would have a problem. Although again, you should check with an attorney because um, it's not illegal as far as I know. Uh, as a tax issue or a, a regulatory like filing and fees issue, yeah, the FTB, the Franchise Tax Board, is they do like that $800. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I, I think that falls in the, will they know, you know, I, but that's not a great way to run a business either. I think you need, I'm sorry, I think you need to ask somebody for real. I, I just don't have the specifics on that. Uh, unfortunately, that might cost you a little bit of money. Um, but I think I would talk to, have you talked to the SBDC, the Small Business Development Corporation? Yes, and I have a consultant there and I've asked them and he kind of was, uh, you specific. know, I, I, I think it was like, you know, above his pay grade. Yeah, right, um, too specific. So um, do you have any – I know what the – and I'm a member of the Orange County Startup Council, um, and I see Rutan and Tucker has like a $10,000 uh, – you know, they, mm -hmm. they like postpone or waive the first $10,000 with the fees. Mm -hmm. Like would they be a good company to call, like a good attorney to call with this question, or 
Yeah. Is there sure. somebody else that you'd recommend? Yeah, we have several sponsors who are they're good attorneys first, sponsors second. Uh, them or uh, um, McCarter and English, uh, the Stradling Law Firm. Sure. Um, if you'd like, this is true for everybody listening. Actually, if you're looking for a good startup attorney, I can't respond to lots of. Uh, detailed emails or review pitch decks and things like that, but we, can, we certainly can help with attorney referrals or accountant referrals. We have some really good folks who would love to meet you, and if you can send, uh, Sandy, if you email me through the Startup Council website, uh, it's probably the easiest way, and send a short description of your company, just a sentence or two, and what you're looking for help with, I can forward that to some people and um, and I, and I can't promise anything, but they generally will talk to folks, you know, just to get acquainted. Of course, it's in hopes that you will then become a larger, bigger client someday. But they start, yeah, at the base case where you are right now. Sure. If I have an IP attorney, but I don't have uh-huh. somebody who can answer this kind of a question. Right, right. Well, okay. And so, my, mom, my mom was a special kind of IRS tax preparer for 40 years. Uh, so I have, like, the fear of God put into me about uh-huh. getting in trouble with the IRS and other you know, government agency. Yeah, that's right. She's not wrong, but of course, that's her view, right? So in the real world, the IRS doesn't catch everybody. So I'm not recommending that, but who knows, right? Um, um, I'm not going to tell her you said that. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I am, I am, okay. I am very compliant. Just to uh, to, to balance that, I I do everything very, very by the book. Uh, yes, I'm careful. very compliant as well. Yeah. Um, the other thought I had, though, and then we'll need to move on, I think, is if you already have an IP attorney, maybe there's someone else in their firm, and you could just lean on them, because that's not a long question, but it, it's a it, person has to have a lot of expertise to answer it definitively, right? So maybe there's somebody there, they could just get you on the phone even faster than I could introduce you to someone new, and just say, hey, you know. That's an excellent idea. Yeah, yeah Jim, down the, Jim down the hallway, you know, go over the water cooler and see if they can connect you. So that's what I would try. Thank you very much, Scott. All right. Yeah. Hope to see you again soon. All right. Nice to see you, Sandy. All right. Rolling along here. So if you're late uh, or just arriving, you're here and you're listening to Startup Office Hours. I'm Scott Fox. I run the Startup Council, which is a global community service group designed to help you build uh, more companies farther, faster, raise more money, meet more clients, make more money, uh, improve the world. And uh, we're here today just taking your questions, trying to help as I do every few weeks, and um, I'm trying to change the screen here. Hold on. Come on, buddy. Um, let's see. Let me put this one up, actually. I hadn't put that one up yet. This is, a, this is a page that I put up. A lot of people ask me um, to come and invest myself, and I'll be honest. I, I have too many. De- I can't invest. I can't look at every deck that I get by any means because I'm busy trying to help everybody, um, but if you are interested, this is a page I put up that has specific recommendations of angel groups and funds that I'm involved with that particularly help early stage um, investors, Uh, particularly like if you're a woman, for example, there's a woman's fund on there that I'm involved with, or angel groups like the Tech Coast Angels that I mentioned a few minutes ago. So that might be a resource that's helpful to some of you. If, um, let's see, I had this up a little earlier, put that up, Uh, go ahead and come visit me if you'd like and say hi, tell me who you are though, like I said, and I'd be happy to connect. And if you're watching this later, you can certainly post your questions and comments. If you want to follow up on YouTube, we could follow up uh, there in the comments. That's a good way to, to follow up. Um, and let's see. Oh, and this one too. Okay. Like and subscribe. Everybody like, smash that like button. Okay. Let me check the uh, chat room here a second, and let's see um, 
what we're missing. Um, and then we'll get back to some uh, on-camera questions here. Let's put that up here. Oh yeah, and go over here and join us and we'll help you as best we can. Okay, chat. So, um, okay, so where was I? Let's do a couple of these real quick. Josh says, how do investors view raising founders who raise money but maintain full-time jobs? Is there a preference? What about half the team versus all the team? Uh, well, Josh, you know the answer, right? They want you to be full-time. Of course they do, <laughs> right? Why wouldn't we? Um, but, you know, the reality is that's not up to us to dictate. And here I'm wearing my investor hat, right? Um, I want you working 26 hours a day, nine days a week, right? Because if I put my money in, I'm hoping to get a lot more back. So, of course, I want the world. But as an investor, that's not um, the only thing that matters in your world. And now putting my founder hat on, um, if you've got to work another job, you've got to work another job, man. You've got to pay the bills, right? So uh, you want to present that as best you can. I wouldn't highlight the fact that you're not full-time because it suggests, of course, distraction, which it is. But the emphasis is on full-time as soon as these milestones happen and that sort of thing. That's, that's, there's, you know, reality uh, meets theory right there, right? Of course, we want full-time, and of course, you can't do it. So you make the best of it. Marina says, uh, about Tech Coast Angels, I understand that New Fund is part of Tech Coast Angels in San Diego. So this is a big angel group that I'm part of, if you didn't catch that earlier. So can a startup speak to multiple offices, i.e. Tech Coast Angels OC, when we are in communication with New Fund? Is TCA regional, or can we apply for funding in multiple locations? Okay, Marina, so that's a good question. Uh, let me clear up a few things. So New Fund used to be part of Tech Coast Angels and is no longer. It's a separate standalone organization now. So you can easily talk to them separately from TCA because they're not part of TCA anymore. They were historically, though, so you're not wrong. It's only happened in the last year or so. So uh, Tech Coast Angels is, based, is headquartered here in Orange County, and our chapters currently are uh, Orange County, Los Angeles, Inland Empire, Santa Barbara, and Pasadena, I think. Yes, Pasadena Angels. And then also there's a specific med tech group called NIDA, which is part of TCA. So there's four or five, I've lost track now, four or five chapters. Uh, and those are separate from new funds. So the second part of your question is, can you pitch those separately? Well, if you're a medical thing, yes, you could pitch NIDA directly. Or if you're in Pasadena, you could pitch Pasadena Angels specifically. But really what we do is we intake all the deal flow through techhostangels.com. And depending on where you're based geographically or the type of technology or company that you're building or maybe who introduced you, like you came through me, for example, as a referral, uh, our executive director will review that and slot you toward the most appropriate chapter. So you can pitch multiple chapters, but more common is you come in the front door uh, our executive director, Tony, Tony will look it over and then maybe even ask you a question or two, um, and then he will send you, say, to L.A. or to Pasadena or to Mita or here to Orange County. And then, if that goes well, we will syndicate it internally. So say you end up here in Orange County, we like your company, we do due diligence, we want to invest. We will also share it with our other chapters so that they can come in and meet you as well. So you'll kind of get the best of both. You don't really need to apply separately to each chapter. Okay, let me do one more, and then we'll head back to our live questions. Sean says, hi, Sean, nice to see you again. Who has a right to see a private company's cap table? That's an interesting question. Put these on the screen, shouldn't I? You guys can all read. I don't need to read for you. Let's see. There we go. Okay. So who has a right to see the company's cap table? Is it only five? I have to read it, though. Sheriff, employees. 
Okay, so a private company, so this is a good question. I don't think there's a legal thing here, Sean, as much as a um, tradition or personal preference. If it's a private company, the owners of the company control who gets to see it. You don't have to disclose to anybody as far as I know. You have to do a certain amount for your taxes and stuff like we were just talking with Sandy. But the ownership, I guess this is more detailed than I know. Uh, you probably should talk to an attorney, I guess. But I think practically speaking, it's up to you to decide. And the more stock that somebody has, the more they're going to feel entitled to see what's going on behind the curtain. So if you have, a, say, an investor, somebody wants to put in money, they're going to want to know who else is on the cap table. And by the way, cap table is a capitalization table. It's the list of all the people who people or firms who are investors in the company. It's the, the list of ownership, essentially. So if you have investors coming in, well, they're going to want to know who the other investors are. And that's a legitimate request, right? I don't want to be putting money into a company or it turns out that your other investors are drug dealers or something, right? That's not cool. So there's a certain amount of disclosure expected among peer-to-peer -peer investors, right? It gets a little different with the uh, employees. If they own half a percent in, or some small amount of options, uh, or especially if it was an employee maybe who has left the company since, uh, I don't know that there's a law specifically, and I just don't know. Maybe somebody in the chat can answer this question. I don't think that there's a specific requirement to disclose. Um, yeah, I just, I guess I just don't know, so I'll move on. But maybe somebody in the chat can move, can help. Uh, I think, but I think it's kind of up to you, is, is my version of that. But again, I'm just a guy you met on the internet. So hopefully that's helpful and somebody in the chat room can be more specific for you. All right. Um, okay, let's get back to our on-camera folks. So we talked to, so who's still here? Um, let's see. Uh, Randy, Nick. Um, let's see, Nick and Randy want to talk about documents. Okay. Well, that's good. Eric's question. We did Sandy. Okay. So let's bring on Nick. And where's Nick? Is Nick still here? Come on. Nick. Yes, there's Nick. Okay. Nick. Hey, Nick. Nice to meet you. Hey. Nice to meet you. All right. And where are you today? I am in Ottawa. Our company is based out of Delaware. Okay. Cool. Um, so a Canadian company, but a U.S. Sorry, Canadian person, but U.S. company. Got exactly. Okay. Yeah, a few, a few U.S. founders and a few Canadian founders. Okay. Cool. All right. So let's talk. What? Uh, why don't you share your question with everybody? And Randy, you can stand on deck here and listen if you want to chime in as well. Bring you on as well. Okay. So uh, I think it was about early stage documentation and deal structures. Yeah. Exactly. So what we're doing. Uh, here at my company is that we're building a fan engagement platform with five full we are five full time founders. Um, so we, we originally started in the web three crypto space, made our money, and now we're using the funds in order to build our fan engagement platform for the sports uh, teams. And so now obviously that money is dwindling down as we build the product, so we need to find funds in order to sustain her salaries, salaries that have already been cut in order to sustain the business. And so now, well, ideally for us to continue full-time, we need to raise. Sure. And so we are now trying to find investors. So, like, for one, how to, how to find the best investors, and we have that link, so I will, I will look that up. Um, and then, so, and then what are the best ways to, to, to do so? Is it a price round, safe? Uh, smaller amount, rolling close, so just your thoughts on that. Sure. So it's kind of a, a wide question, right? Um, 
I'm trying to think where to start. So you haven't raised any outside money yet? No, it's all bootstrap. Okay, great. Congratulations. That's great. You got five full-time people in your bootstrap. That's that's you made some money. Good job. <laughs> um, so the standard and you thinking to raise in the U.S., not in Canada. Um, honestly, anywhere it doesn't matter. Okay. If, if if that's the ideal route, right? Yeah. Well, it matters to U.S. investors. That's why I ask. And I and I really only know the U.S. market as an investor. So my my advice would be ideally U.S. Yeah. Okay. So my advice would be in the U.S. context, right? Although U.S. and Canada are closer than most any other jurisdictions that I know, so it's probably the same. I just don't know. But in the U, if you're raising in the U.S., first of all, you have a Delaware C corporation, which is the right thing to do. That's what everybody needs these days. The, the market has standardized around one specific form of corporation, which is a C corporation based in the state of Delaware. Any other format these days is not cool. It's just not – well, that's kind of it. It's, it's not cool. It's possible. It's just not the cool one. It's not the one that everybody uses. So just know that. That's changed. And you've got, you've got that already, but that's for everybody else. Okay. So then the standard these days from um, – from the founder's point of view, is a safe, uh, simple agreement for future equity. There are two types of safes. One is a pre-money safe, and the other is a post-money safe. The original safe was issued by Y Combinator, I think, in 2013, and it's a document, simple agreement for future equity. It's just a few pages that basically say, um, you, I'll give you some money. You'll give me a piece of the company. Uh, we're not even sure what the company is worth yet, but I'm giving you, say, 50 grand, and we'll figure out what the valuation is later. That's why it's for future equity. Later, simply for future equity, when a real investor shows up, meaning like a venture capital firm or somebody's going to put in a couple million dollars, like professionals, right? So the safe, uh, that was 2013. But that's been, that has evolved, and that was the pre-money safe. Investors really don't like that, including myself. Uh, the post-money safe is what you want to use and is the standard now. So if you, you have to be, my point is you have to be careful if you read about safes, how old the article is, because the pre-money thing is outdated. You need to look for a post-money safe, and we can talk about what that means if anybody wants, but it basically gives more uh, confidence to the investors of how much they're actually getting for their money without dilution. So... Safes are generally offered um, with some kind of discount because if somebody's coming in really early and uh, say I invest in you today and you've got you know this much going on, so maybe the company we're not going to pick a number, but if we did pick a number, say it was a five million dollar valuation, but we're going to say that it doesn't actually set till you can raise real money, which means that you probably have more traction, which means that you know two years from now the company's worth ten million. Well, then I get. I don't have to invest at a $10 million valuation. I get to say a 20% discount because I was in early, that kind of thing. Uh, and there also might be a cap. So if it's $5 million, uh, if there's a cap at $5 million and then the investment comes in at 10 I actually get it at $5 million anyway, even though the new investors only get it at 10 So I, I think I got that straight. But there's lots of videos about this online. But that's kind of the standard, and I said from the founder's point of view. And the reason I said that is because it's easy for the founders. It's fairly cheap. There's, it's literally, a, I think, a three-page document. Um, everybody needs to be careful because a lot of times lawyers will want to get in there and expand upon it and triple your costs. <laughs> so they may or may not be right. They may or may not have good reasons for doing that, depending on your situation. But the SAFE was written to not require almost any lawyering. So it should be really cheap for you. And speaking as a founder who has blown way too much money on, on fundraising documents in the past, uh, that was a great innovation. Now, I've got to turn things around. From the investor's point of view, we don't like safe so much because the, it's not clear what the company's worth or when it's going to be worth something. It doesn't give us uh, rights to, uh, for example, um, recall 
we don't get any interest on the money. We don't have any uh, rights to force a decision or force a sale if you're not doing well or declare bankruptcy. Um, so we prefer convertible notes. And a convertible note is a similar document, which I get a piece, I give you 50 grand, say, and I get a piece of the company. Um, but in the meantime, it probably pays some interest and it's going to convert at a certain time, a certain amount. It's just a lot clearer for us. The problem is, and here's the conflict and the reason I'm going into all this, am I, is this helpful? I'm, I'm getting pretty deep in the weeds here. No, nothing. Okay. So um, I should probably just break out this piece and put it on YouTube. <laughs> but, um, the convertible note structure is really a lot more expensive. Uh, and the piece that we like even better than that is an, a full equity offering. And those are very expensive. I, and when I say expensive, I mean it takes a lot of lawyer time to document the whole thing. The whole point of the safe is it's a few pages. You can get it done in an afternoon. Uh, a convertible note is significantly more than that, and an equity round is even more than that. But investors like those more expensive versions because they give us a lot more security, literally, haha, security. <laughs> um, and um, we have a better idea what, what the deal is, both in the short and long term. So anyway, that was kind of a long answer, I guess. But um, that's kind of the landscape in terms of document structure. And uh, I think it is reasonable for an early stage founder to be flexible. A lot of times you'll run into investors who will insist. Well, let's be frank. A lot of investors are former CPAs or CFAs, very numbers oriented people. And so if you come in and you don't know exactly every number down to the penny of what you're asking and how you're going to spend it, they're going to think you're incompetent. Well, you may be super competent, but in something else. <laughs> but to impress those people, it's helpful to be more specific. So it will be helpful if you can come in and say very authoritatively, we're raising $2.5 million on a post-money safe with a $7.5 million cap and a 20% discount, or, you know, something like that. It makes you sound smart. The problem is that that may not be what they want, and some of the investors in the room may say, oh, crap, no way, not at that. But if you had said we're flexible – then maybe you can have a dialogue. So I would just toss that in. You want to be authoritative enough to sound like you know what you're doing, but flexible enough to get the deal done and meet in the middle somewhere that's palatable to both sides. Okay, that was way too long. So um, what do you think? Nick, what else you got to say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was awesome. It's really good, uh, really good information. Now, my question, my, my follow-up question to that is, is it better to raise small now or a higher safe? Yeah, yeah, great question. Okay. So, well, roll and close is not, that can be a thing, but real investors like in VCs are probably not going to do a roll and close. That's more like if, you're, yeah. if you've kind of picked a number and you've got whatever, you know, 16 cousins and you're trying to get them all to sign, but they'll only sign like mm -hmm. one every three weeks. You know, that's when you do a roll and close. But, but the company valuation isn't really going to move in the meantime. Um, so I wouldn't, that is, a, that is a thing, but I, I, wouldn't, I would not be talking about that if I were you. I would try to do a raise. If for no other reason, it will make your life a lot easier. Raising money is a pain in the ass. And the longer it goes on, the less you have time to build a business, right? And chasing signatures is not a good use of any founder's time, right? Get it done. Um, so, um, sorry, what was the other part of that? Uh, oh, how much to raise, right? So how much to raise is always a matter of debate. You can raise a little at a, at a lower valuation, or you can raise a lot, but you want, then you want the valuation higher. These are all negotiated things. My general advice is if you only have been bootstrapped to start, you probably want to get some – the sooner you can get recognized institutional-type investors on your cap table, 
the more credible you will look to other investors because a lot of it's a FOMO herd mentality. But it's going to be hard to get an institutional to come in unless you have, I'd love to hear more about your business, but we don't have time. But, you know, if you have great growth and revenue and stuff, well, let me just ask that. Do you have any revenue yet? Are you guys in market? On the sports side, no, not yet. We do have pilot projects, but not revenue traction. Okay, so that's going to be hard, right? Because these days everybody wants traction, meaning revenue. So the more revenue you can show, the easier it will be to get institutional investors. But the short answer I'm not good at short answers, as you can tell, but the, the strategy that I generally think about is try to raise a small amount of money because this is your first outside money. I'm just making up numbers, but like raise 200000 on like a, I don't know, $2 million valuation, something like that, just to show you can do it. You get some people involved. That gets you in the mode. Um, you, and then hopefully you can use that amount of money to actually demonstrate some traction. And you really want to connect that amount to some milestones. So like we're raising 200 grand, not just to blow it on marketing, but because we have this deal that if we had this kind of money, we could do this much more with these engineers and, or this, you know, that we like draw the line. For us. Show, uh, yeah. And not just a path towards improvement, but a path towards money. That, again, like I was talking about earlier, this is about money, right? So what you can do with 200 grand, how do you turn that into 400 grand or, or 4 million? And if you can do that, then the next round will be a lot easier. So. Okay. Um, just to, find, to, to finalize, so you just so, so perhaps you'd like to raise 250k USD, um, but you said to give it a valuation of two mil. Now, if it's a safe, you don't give it a valuation. That's right? true. That's true. But there, you're exactly right. You're listening. Good job. Um, but there's still a, sort of an internal expectation of what it's worth. Uh, everybody okay. is gonna. You, it's, it's an agreement. A safe is a for agreement for future equity, but people still kind of want to know what you're thinking. And these days, mm -hmm. practically speaking, usually there's a cap on it, which means that those first round investors will get in at a price evaluation that is no higher than X. So it might yeah. be a safe with a valuation cap of two, two or three million, something like okay, that. Okay, so the cap would be two or three million. And I would say you raise for five, but they, they get priced at two. That's right. They, yeah, right. With a discount. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's the standard thing. So let me bring in Randy here and just see if Randy. Hi, Randy. How are you? Hey, guys. Thank you. Excellent. I love listening to everything. You pretty much answered what I was going to ask. Because I find this from a different angle where I was sitting in on um, pitch uh, competitions and listening to what the investors were saying. And they were shitty down things across the board. You know, some would say, no, no, no. One, one came in and said, no cap. And the investors shot that down. And it was buried on... Uh, on the discount rate between 20 and 15, and I thought, okay. why, what's are the variance? But then your response as far as being flexible in mm -hmm. returns is something I remember no one said. No one came up. They came in very specific. These are my, my guidelines, my rules, and everything. Yeah, yeah. And that drove the question as what is considered um, acceptable or in general, you know, on the market. Is there such a thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, the flexibility, like I said, I, I do the show because there's some things people don't talk about, and there's this kind of macho vibe when people are pitching. It's like, this is what I want. And like, well, you better have this. You know, and it's like, dude, we're all, you know, if we're going to if we're gonna do this, we're going to be partners for years. Can we just have a conversation? It's like, I think I need about a million bucks. What do you think? You know, like that, that's, that's 
the reality of what it comes down to. So uh, people peacock a little bit in the pitch competition. So I think flexibility is a legitimate thing. And, and frankly, it demonstrates one of the other big things that we as investors are looking for is coachability. Like mm-hmm. I am listening, right? Because nobody wants to invest in a guy or a girl who, who won't listen, right? Because that's honestly, that's what a lot of angel investors get out of this is a feeling of giving back or contributing their expertise. And founders that won't listen, nobody invests in those um, if they can avoid it. <laughs> so, right. Right. Yeah. So just to finalize there, Scott, um, so at the end, when you, you say your ask, you say, okay, I want 250000 uh, for a three mil cap, and then you finish off, but I'm flexible. Yeah, I would. Like how, how do you show that you're yeah, flexible you, without having weakness? No, that's what you do. You, you say it. You say it just like you said it, but maybe a little less strongly. It's a subtle thing, you know. Um, or, you know, or we're but we're open to discussions. Yeah, I mean, you just say it. I mean, I don't know any other way to do it. Um, I guess you can wear a T-shirt, right? You can wear a T-shirt that has something, right? <laughs> I'm flexible. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a delicate balance, right? You don't want to be too flexible, but you want yeah. you want to sound like you're listening, and that's a key, like I said, a key personality trait in addition to being a financial uh, characteristic that we're looking for. Great. Yeah. Well, I'd like to follow into my second question, unless you want to continue on the same. Sure. Uh, I think we're good there, Nick. You, that's pretty good. You want to? Yeah, that's awesome. More? Yeah, thank you very much, Scott. Okay, hope to see you again. Let's bring. Uh, okay, give me a, give me a quick thumbs up or a smile, Nick. Cool. I'll get I'll get a shot of that later. Thanks. Okay, so I'll let Nick go. And Randy, what's what's uh, what's the latest with you? You said something about a transition. Yes, yes, yes. I know. You know, a good theme of our discussion or this uh, session is you know business first, product second. I talk about the business, and in this case, I have an issue where the product is driving the business. Um, in the sense that my my main focus in the business is the alcohol wine uh, wine products. But I made this one particular product to help them in marketing. That tool has now taken its own life, where we've used it for, um, I think I talked about before, BMW motorcycles had an event and we used it. Right. Um, this is last weekend, uh, there was an immersion event, um, Harry Potter. And so we tweaked it to make the program uh, what's called photos and uh, uh, what's called scavenger hunt and raffles, right? And, and it, it made the event more so than the theme and the decorations and all the props yeah. and everything because it became such an interactive thing. Now we're in front of a uh, healthcare company um, to pitch for their they have this big event on December 1st. The problem is they hit us right away with, hey, you guys are in the alcohol industry. Do you even know what we do? Mm. So the challenge for me now, and that's really where I'd like to get your opinion, is do I lean into, yes, we are, you know, doing this alcohol, but this is help our clients in marketing so it can help you, you as well, we think, or do I spin it off and say, this becomes a new entity? The challenge with that is I already have traction. I already have clients in my, my space. I don't want to create an, another business and have and run fear that they're going to be going, are you still going to be taking care of us? You know, we, we put money into this. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, so this is a strategy question, really. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and second, uh, an opinion from your vast experience mm-hmm. of this, because it, it seems to me like the easy thing is create another entity, and that way it doesn't have our alcohol branding and everything else. Because I had to, the pitch for the healthcare, I had to move yeah. all our logos. Right. And, and luckily, luckily, uh, my name is the company is the Chidliest. 
Mm -hmm. So our, our, our opening slide, I used a big megaphone right of the little canaries who's shouting out, you know, saying we are this small kidney. Right, not a wine glass. <laughs> but for right. anybody smart does their due diligence and say, hey, look yeah. at my email address, look at our website and go, what's this? All right, well, I have a couple thoughts on that. There's no right answer here. So if anybody, okay. especially in the chat room, has suggestions for Randy. But so first of all, congratulations. Sounds like some progress. That's fantastic. Uh, and stumbling on a new product is not unheard of at all, right? That's what they call a pivot. So it wouldn't be out of the question for you to drop the wine thing and go the other way. If, and here's my big, it, this is not going to surprise you at all, but where's the most money? That, that's, that's the really you know, straightforward answer. And I say that not just, well, first of all, for you, for Randy personally, but also if you're going to grow, you need the income, right, to hire people. We've talked about this before. So you can use the revenue to do more things. But the other hat I'm wearing here, the lens I'm looking at is, is as an investor, which is a little different perhaps, maybe be helpful. As an investor, I want to see the money coming in, right? So that's yeah. excellent. The problem is if you do it as two separate companies, it really looks like a divided focus. And it's very hard for anybody to build even one business. So as an investor, if you're doing two things and calling them essentially separate things, right. I'm, that's going to cut in, chance, cut in half my chances of investing, right? Because I think it's, every um, startup investment is a lot about the jockey as much as the horse. And if the jockey is now trying to ride two horses at once, that, ain't, that doesn't work, right? In the real world, any more than it does in startups. So, um, so I would be concerned about your split focus. And, and this is also like as your friend, just it's hard to do two things at once, right? So um, I would be more excited, and it's probably all we have time for, but I, I would like, would hope for you, uh, you know, to find some integrated approach. Um, the verbiage for this, what it's sounding like, is what they call white labeling, right? It's like we have this same service, but we white label it uh, or uh, change the branding, basically. That means we, for you know, we started in the wine industry and then we got into events and now we're doing right. these over here. But it's the, the emphasis to the investor is it's all the same back end. It's all the same people. We're just changing the graphics, essentially. Um, and if you pitch it that way, that looks a lot more like a unified thing from a business point of view and therefore more attractive to an investor and also more likely to grow because you just have critical mass, right? You don't want to have two separate companies, two separate, you know, record keeping and then a, person, a brand manager here and a brand manager here and an account manager here and an account manager here. You know, like all that stuff, like when reality is they're kind of doing the same stuff anyway. So yeah. I, I would be thinking if you – can keep it together, that would be ideal from my selfish point of view as a, as a greedy investor. Right? <laughs> well, well, the reality on your side, I don't know, but that's maybe a perspective that's helpful. No, no I like that, uh, that explanation because I can use that actually for pitching for the, for the client too. Mm -hmm. that we're taking this technology that's geared for uh, wine, but it works well with your business, so we're going to white label it to have your branding and your, your, um, for your market or industry. Yeah. Um, it still works. And, yeah. and that way you can still keep it under one entity. It's just because there is a big difference. Uh, the, our core business charges this. Mm -hmm. This other application is going to charge this. Mm -hmm. But because of scalability, I can get more clients with yeah. this as opposed to with the wine. I can only get fewer clients and the, and the sales cycle is longer too. Yeah. It's, you know, three to four, two, two, three, four weeks for closing for yeah. this. Yeah. But this, the other one that takes me, you know, less than a week. Right. It's a year name. No, that sounds good. And this sounds like the natural stuff for a person in your position. You're finding product market fit, different opportunities come up, you need to develop the filter of like, 
is this going to make me money in a reasonable amount of time, or is this a better use of my resources? It's a, that's the CEO's job, right? It's a constant juggle, juggling of the resources. So sounds good, though. I'm happy to hear about the progress. Congrats. Thank you for your help and your opinion. All right. Nice to see you, all right, so uh, we need to keep moving here. Gosh, it's uh, been an hour already. Sorry, we get talking here. Let's talk about the chats a little bit. <clears throat> I want to uh, go to our friend Eric in Berlin, who uh, is up late into the evening, and then we'll do some pitches. So if some of you want to do pitches, um, let's see. I guess uh, I'm not sure the best way to do this. So uh, uh, Eric, if you're still around, you want to pitch, or um, let's see. Nisaf and Babani, I haven't heard from you yet even what you want to do. Hold on. Guys, let me look in the backstage chat and see if they've told us why they're here. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Babani is from Ireland. Malaysia. Okay. Okay, they appreciate the time and so forth. Okay, okay, so people got that. All right. Okay, so the folks that are backstage, um, let me know if you want to pitch or not. And if you're not, I'm going to ask you to step away and go watch on YouTube or on LinkedIn instead of being backstage because we only have room for 10 people backstage. So that includes Babani, Nisaf, Hakimi, uh, Randy, Dongshe. Um, Eric, you stick around because we're going to do your question. Or And Eric wanted to pitch, okay? So if the other folks can step out, just go over to YouTube, youtube.com slash scottfox, and you can watch over there. Um, I'm glad you're here, but we only have, you know, there's only so much room in the room. <laughs> so, um, okay, let's talk to uh, Eric from Berlin. Where did Eric go? Okay, Eric, you're still here, it looks like. There he is. Hey. Hey, hey nice to meet you. All right, thank you for staying up late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I don't have a pitch ready. I was not ready to. Yeah, sorry. Pitch. I wasn't. I wasn't looking at the pitch. You had said you were curious about post MVP launch strategy and some testing. Yeah. We can talk about that. You exactly. want to? So, um, exactly. So I studied in Spain, and together with uh, two friends of mine, we uh, created like a payment system that works uh, for groups to split bills online. Nice. Um, you know, so for example, when you have a, when you go to check out for an Airbnb, there's always one person who has to pay for everyone, yes. and then make sure that everyone pays them back. And then we created the software that, that just lets everyone pay their part directly online. Very cool. And we created a prototype for it. And right now, the next step would be to uh, basically implement the, the payment system into someone's e-commerce platform. And since we're still students, and it's kind of our first time working in this field, uh, there's still a lot of things we're unsure about. And I wanted to ask you if you have any like ideas, any, any strategies on how we could approach this and how we could contact or find the right people uh, that could implement or our system so we can like officially test it, you know, officially implement it. Yeah. So who are these partners you, you want to find? You mean like Stripe or Amazon or what kind of payment? Well, you want. We, we, we work with Stripe, but that's for the, that's for the payments to work. Mm -hmm. But who we're looking for is mostly e-commerce platforms. So um, like anything that involves group purchases, so ticket websites, bookings, um, flights, uh, stuff like that. Right, right. That's funny. I'm laughing because it's a great idea. Um, I actually tried to patent something like that 15 years ago. Um, I, uh, did they have Live Nation in Germany? It's a big concert concert mm -hmm. company. No, okay, that's all right. Anyway, it's the largest concert production company in the United States, and I was working there. I built live, I built their their big LiveNation.com website, and I wanted to patent that idea because we all the time we had people coming and buying tickets, just like you're saying, right? I want to buy six tickets to Taylor Swift, 
but I don't want to pay for all my friends. I want them to share it, right? That's, it's a thing, right? And I, we didn't get around to it, but it's a great idea. And I don't know if it's been done even now, so I, I support your initiative. Um, well, okay, so the trick is, and you're talking about a business development effort, it sounds like to me. You want to find partners um, who are building storefronts, essentially. Um, that's interesting. Let's see. Well, Shopify is the big dog, right? They do a lot of little e-commerce stuff, but it sounds like you have specific verticals you'd be looking at, like you said, tickets or travel, um, vacation, Airbnb. Not You're not talking about restaurants so much, right? You're talking about bigger things? Yeah, mostly e-commerce because restaurants are more on-site. Yeah, right, so online transactions. So, I, well, I guess I don't have any specific ideas, but I, I can brainstorm a little with you. And anybody in the chat, please go ahead and, um, you know, give him some advice. If you know somebody, if your uh, cousin runs a great big uh, website or something, let him know. Um, I guess one of the things that I've found to be really useful in this kind of approach is to find associations. So there's probably like an e-commerce uh, merchants association or something like that uh, where you could go and attend a conference or maybe some online events and meet a bunch of people because this is going to come down to relationships, especially if you're students and you don't have a bunch of venture capital money behind you already and a fancy business card to hand out. They're going to be, well, suspicious might be a strong word, but they're, they're at least going to want to know you're for real, right? So you're going to need to develop a relationship probably before anybody's going to want to install that um, because what you're talking about is integrating into their payment system, which is pretty sensitive stuff, right? So I think I would be looking for people uh, that you could network with. Uh, like I said, associations or events are great, even on LinkedIn. And I think I would try to figure out, well, first of all, I'd be concerned about competition. Are, are there probably people doing this by now? No? Yeah, but not directly the way we want to do it. I see. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Um, well, so figuring out that those differentiation points. And then I think I would identify, I mean, this is kind of a, a numbers game, right? I think I would set up a spreadsheet and pick your, I'm just making up numbers here, your three or four most important verticals, tickets, uh, vacation, whatever it is, and then think of uh, five or ten dream clients in each or dream partners in each of those and then split it up with your partners and the other students and, and everybody contact them and you just got to kind of shake the tree until something falls down. I don't know of a, an easy way to get there. Uh, other than than trying to hustle, um, I don't know. Is that useful? <laughs> not not the answer. Yeah, one, probably. Uh, definitely. And also, just um, to follow up, do you know how willing these platforms would be to operate well, to work with us um, if we basically only have the prototype or just the MVP, but we haven't done anything behind that yet? So, would they even be willing to work with us or not? Or would they tell us that we're too young, too unprofessional so far, and that we need to get some traction first? Because that's the problem. We need to get traction, but yeah. to get traction, we need to yeah, that's get right. someone good. Yeah, I, well, it depends, I think, on the level of partner you're talking about. If you're going to Shopify or Amazon or you know, some big thing, yeah, you're way too young, right? Because they need, like, industrial-grade, global, bulletproof, cyber-secure, everything, right? A government-grade stuff. Um, so I think this is a networking thing. So let's revise. I was saying a spreadsheet with uh, 20 or 30 targets. So maybe it's not your dream targets of... Shopify, but it's uh, approach people who are approachable, smaller e-commerce platforms, um, people that will return your phone call, basically, right? You, you're probably going to have to partner with people your level a little bit who will understand and take a risk on you. It sounds like you're at a point, well, let me turn that around, they're going to want to know what's in it for them, right? So what do they get out of this? Um, that is what I would be thinking about because 
you are going to be right in the part of their the most valuable part of their business, like I said, in the click stream of their checkout. That's really valuable real estate for them and not something anybody wants to mess with. So if you can demonstrate some kind of uptick, like people buy more or something, that's what they're going to need to be convinced. Um, so I would be trying to uh, – sorry, let me digress a little bit. What you need is some traction. You're right. It's chicken and egg. Which goes first? I don't know. So you need to fake traction. Not fake as in make it up, but but uh, test traction. So I would be looking, what you're going to need is numbers. And these are going to be very quantitative people because they're running checkouts, right? This is very much about conversion funnels and, and percentages and margins, right? So uh, I think you're going to need to talk to some customers or um, run some surveys online or set up a checkout somewhere and just have 50 people try it so that you can generate some kind of data that looks like traction, even though it isn't really traction, but something like we surveyed 100 people and 94% of them wanted this. Or, you know, we set it up in a test environment and ran some ads against it, and we spent, whatever, $500 on Google ads to this fake website, not fake, but like a testing website, and A, B tested the purchases before and after this, and the lift was 30%. Therefore, Mr. Partner, you should do this because you'll sell 30% more, like that kind of thing. Even though you don't have real partners, you try to do something, because that's what they're going to want to know, right? If, you, if you're that person at the company and they have to go to their boss and say, hey, boss, I want to put this new thing in our checkout. They're like, oh, who are they? Well, there's some students. Okay. Well, what do they got? Well, just a prototype. Okay. You know, what, what, well, what, why would we do this? Right? Well, they have a yeah. thing and they've demonstrated that it increases checkout, you know, average pur purchase volume by 35%. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> right? So it's a, it's a faking, and fake is the wrong word. I need to come up with a better word like, uh, but you know, developing, yeah, baby traction, I guess maybe you call it, because um, it's real, but it's just not fully implemented, right? Prototype traction. So that, that's what I would be thinking about, because that's what um, okay. investors are thinking. Uh, so partners are thinking the same way as investors. What's in it for me? So. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Makes sense, cool. Well, nice to meet you. Glad you're here. Nice to meet you. All right. Thank you. you bet. I hope to see you again. Go tell all your friends I'm here trying to help. And the Startup Council, we're here trying to help. Like I said, we have a whole bunch of services, and um, you can all come and join us over here. Yeah, there we go. Startupcouncil.org. There's a whole bunch of newsletters there uh, with uh, free events and uh, this investor's directory and publicity opportunities for you and all the things that I wish I had had when I was a first-time founder. So, Okay, so now we're going to get to the pitches. It's already almost 1.30. My goodness. Okay, let me um, just quickly check into the chat room and see um, – uh, what what I missed there, and then we're gonna do our some pitches. And these are oh, let me just uh, preface this. So the pitches are gonna be two minutes or less, no slides, just talking um, to try to practice essentially, right? I'm not writing any checks today. Nobody is. This is practice. Although you never know who's in the audience. Here, are some of my investor friends uh, often watch. Um, but it's really about establishing your credibility and delivering a message that leads to another meeting. That's really what you're after with a pitch. So you want to intrigue an investor enough by demonstrating enough credibility and ideally traction that they want to learn more. So we'll do those in two minutes or less, and then I'll give feedback. And, of course, you all in the chat room are welcome to give feedback too. Let me just check on the chat room here and see what I've missed. Um, let's see. Okay, uh, so Eric, did you see Athena's uh, message in the chat? She's offering to help you. Um, his name is Eric Pai, P-A-I, Athena. You guys should connect if you can't find each other. Uh, you can do it through me. 
Uh, yeah, so Athena has a uh, pet background, Eric. Actually, yes, that sounds useful. Kirk says, how do you present when fem and families have tapped out for IP funds if significant funds are needed? How do you present? Yeah, so you're out of friends and family money, uh, but you need more money. That's a great question, Kirk. Um, you, uh, well, I mean, I think you know the answer. You hustle, and there's no, there's no answer to that, right? You go out to more events, and you present to more people. Uh, you invest more time in researching, finding the right rooms and the to be in and the right people to meet so that you're not just spraying and praying. And you get out there, and, you know, you do the best you can. There's no, there's no easy answer there. I, I wish there was. Uh, I'm sorry that if you're running out of money. Uh, that happens to all of us. Uh, Wade, there's some FTP, FTB advice there, Wade. Thank you. That was for... Um, for Sandy's question. Um, let's see. Amy says, what is one challenge you feel most startups face and how can we address it? Amy, well, that's a great question. That's a, that's a wide open one. I think we've covered that in a bunch of different ways today. Um, but happy to have you back if you want to get into that more specifically next time. Arduino from Zero, do most seed stage investors require a C corporation or S corporation be acceptable? I'd like to avoid double taxation during what might be a significant bootstrapping phase. Um, Arduino, sorry, um, this is Kind of, I should, probably should have said this to Sandy too. S corporations are not a thing uh, unless you're going to run a, it's a S is for single, isn't it, or solo? I mean, that's not a fundable company. So no, investors will not even look at an S corporation, unfortunately. So um, if you don't think you can make the money to cover the fees of a C corporation, I hate to say it, but you probably shouldn't be doing this, right? I mean, this is about making a bunch of money. <laughs> so if you can, you know, accelerate that, um, you got to kind of, you know, you don't want to mortgage your house and lose everything, but you got to kind of go aggressive here. There's one way to do this these days. And you don't have to do it right away, like we talked about with Sandy. I don't think you need to incorporate today. But if you're going to do it, I would do it the right way if you can. Um, Lisa says, have you heard of any investors investing into safe funds? I'm not sure what that means, Lisa. A safe is an individual uh, document for an individual investment in an individual company usually. So I'm sorry, I don't quite understand. Scott, I have investors. So this is your friends and family wanting to put 200K. Should I give them a safe agreement? Is something I can help. Uh, a safe agreement is made for that, yes. I would look for the post-money safe suit here, like you said. Um, Excuse me. I, yeah, I can help, but um, I cost hundreds of dollars an hour when I do private uh, work. This is why I do events, so I can give away as much of my time as I can for free. I'd be happy to refer you to attorneys if you'd like, or you can, uh, I think it's on scottfox.com. You can book a call with me for, I think it's $400 an hour or something if you really want me, but I think your money would be better spent uh, talking to attorneys. Uh, also help putting together a business model. How are we going to generate revenue? Have ideas? I need help formalizing the model. Need personal consultation. Well, if you really want personal consultation, then that's what my private coaching calls are for. So yes, we could talk about that. And like I said, scottfox.com, you can find private coaching calls uh, in the menu there. Um, mm -hmm. Athena has a nice idea for Eric. If you're still with us, Eric, there in Berlin, some big e-commerce platforms accept widgets. That's interesting. Uh, Equid is one you can look at. Okay. Osman says, what would you say is the most important part to look at the annual report, a competitor in your sector? The number one thing investors are going to look at is growth. So I would be looking at growth and, um, and their margins. Like how much do they make, the unit economics, how much do they make per transaction, and where is their growth coming from? Because, uh, and where is it not coming from? Because those are areas where you want to be or don't want to be, depending on whether you want to compete with them or become a supplier or partner with them. Um, 
Arduino, thanks for the info. Trying to have my cake and eat it too. Fair enough. <laughs> it's good to ask. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, S-Corps are just, it's a different animal. Same with LLCs. I often get that question. Uh, like, like I have an LLC. I have a couple actually, but, um, but that's just to run businesses of my own. I'm not going to bring in investors, right? If you want to raise venture capital type money, it has to be a C corporation. That's just how it works. Okay. So, sorry, here's one last one. And then I really will get to the uh, uh, pitches. And uh, you guys can keep posting, but we'll do pitches for a minute. Is there any preference among investors to start up a service or product-based? Um, yeah, I'm happy to help, but that's kind of a, that's kind of a goofy question, right? I mean, it, investors, you should be building a business based on what you have to offer not what investors want. If you're just looking to get paid, go get a job. Like, the entrepreneur is hard. You don't want to do this um, just to find investors. Like, go work at a bank and you'll make more, far more money than you will uh, trying to create things tailored toward investors. Uh, if you have an idea or an expertise that you think will help solve problems for customers, that's where I would start. And if it's a service or a product, that's up to you. The, you're going to find different kinds of investors, though, right? Because investors in services often are different than people who invest in products, especially, for example, if they're medical products or industrial products that take a lot of hardware and capital investment. Um, services are easier because they don't have all the capital requirements, but they're probably going to be different investors. So I would really work backwards from who you are and what you can offer the world uh, rather than um, worrying about uh, what investors are, are looking for, if that makes sense. Okay, so let's do our pitches now. So we got, um, let's see, uh, Eric wanted to pitch, and Dongshi wanted to pitch, if he's still here, yep, and Troy wanted to pitch. That's three. Okay, that's probably enough, but I also see, let me see how many people we have backstage. We have room for 10, and let's see, one, two, three, four. Oh, we do have room. Okay, so um, if you want to come on and pitch, I'm going to put up this. URL. So George um, or anybody else, we can do a couple of these. I'm going to try to cut this off in half an hour, though. Okay, it's been it'll be two hours. <laughs> um, Founderofficehours.com. Uh, you can come back there and join us, and it'll be a two-minute pitch, like I said, uh, no slides, and just talk for a few minutes, and then we'll give you a couple minutes of feedback. Um, let's see. Let's turn that on. No, not that. This. Not that either. Hang on, guys. Um, okay, pitch time. Whew. Okay, so let's go. Okay, so and on my screen, let me just bring you guys on and confirm that this is you all want to pitch. We've got you three, I think, at the moment. Okay, so this is just a real quick check. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, give me a thumbs. Yeah, is all, you three? Okay, you three are all on board? Okay, that's cool. So let me, uh, I guess, uh, let's start with, uh, oh, no, that's the wrong one. Hang on, sorry. Playing with the. No, not that either. Jeez. Sorry, there's a lot of controls here. <laughs> um, all right, so let's bring, uh, let's start at the top of my screen. Eric is first, and um, then we'll do uh, Dongshe, and then Troy, and then George, or if anybody else wanted to join, we can do them as well. Whew. Okay, talking fast. Okay, so um, so like I said, Eric, uh, let's uh, do your two minutes, up to two minutes, two minutes or less if you can, and um, you can just take it away, talk, uh, structure this however you like, and then we'll try to give you some helpful feedback. And everybody who's still in the chat room, please go ahead and uh, take notes and offer constructive feedback as well. All right, so let's hear about your, uh, your pet scanning startup, Eric. Okay, great. Thank you, Scott. Um, and again, super excited to be here. My name is Eric uh, Pai, co-founder of AI for Pets. Um, I wanted to ask uh, the room uh, a question. Uh, how many people own a pet? 
Uh, and if I asked you to pull out your phone, uh, how many pictures would you have of your pet? And what if I told you that with those pictures, we can detect what the abnormalities and what the issues of your pet's health is? Well, that's what our company does. We are AI for Pet. We are a scanning technology app on your mobile device that helps pet parents, uh, like myself, I have two Aussies, um, to identify issues with your pet's eyes, skin, uh, joints, and we're currently working on oral. And the way we do that is over the last three years, we've collected uh, 2 million plus uh, health scan images from veterinarians and clinics and shelters in South Korea. And through our patented and proprietary algorithm, um, we have uh, created an app that allows uh, now this new um, in-home uh, pet health monitoring uh, experience. So a, a, a great benefit that we found was pet parents um, go through a myriad of, of different options to find out the pet's health at home, whether that's Googling, researching, like going on YouTube and looking in forums, or calling a vet but having trouble making appointments with the limited amount of veterinarians currently in our landscape. And so we are the players that function as a in-home pet health uh, monitoring um, guide, and we also connect our pet parents to veterinarians if the issue calls for emergency services. And we know that this market has grown tremendously during COVID. Um, over 50% of pet parents uh, were millennials who have adopted or have um, gotten new pets, and we have over 90 million uh, pet parent families now in the U.S. alone. And we believe that there is a growing demand that is not being met, and we would like to fill those needs uh, for pet owners um, regarding monitoring their pet's health. And currently, we have two business models. One is a B2C, where we do reach directly out to our pet parents through our app. Um, through a freemium model, we charge uh, $4.99 per month, um, or we have a B2B um, model as well, where we partner with pet insurance, uh, veterinarian uh, clinics, and shelters to provide um, this scanning health technology for potential new pet parents, uh, pet adopters, um, and new pet owners. And so we are, uh, again, interested in partnering with new businesses, um, as well as investors like yourself, Scott. So we would be happy to chat further. Um, thank you. Great. All right. Well, good job. So everybody, that was Eric from Pet AI. So if you have suggestions for him to uh, improve what he did, because he did a fine job, but if you have constructive criticism, please uh, toss that along, because that's why he's here. But be, be nice, be friendly. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Uh, and he can check it out later in the YouTube replay, of course. Um, and speaking of YouTube, if you haven't liked and subscribed, please do. That's the only way that uh, I get paid for this time, just trying to build the audience here so we can help more people. Okay, so um, that was very good. You're, you're well-spoken. Um, it will obviously get easier you know, and more fluid with time. You have a little hes hesitation, but um, practice will make perfect note. Not a problem, obviously. You're a good speaker. Um, I normally hate it when people start with questions because they'll ask some kind of random question that is obviously self-serving and everybody knows it. And yeah. then, but and usually nobody ever gets the reaction they want because they're so close to whatever it is. They think everybody's that way. And then like three hands go up and it just looks lame, right? So I wouldn't do that. But 
in your case, it actually works because you're going right into why the photos matter, right? So I don't think you need to ask the piece about how many of you own pets because uh, you've you got to get tighter, right? So just cut to the chase, right? How many of you love pets and have pictures on your phone? Well, that's good enough because it leads right to it, right? Um, I don't know what two Aussies mean, but I guess maybe that's dogs. You should probably say Australian. Yeah. Australian. Okay. Yeah. I'll, that, I'll that, that, that's a perfect example. You're so close to it. You think everybody thinks like you do, right? But so <laughs> spell things out. We don't know. Um, and my, my sort of general critique would be that was way more about the product than it was about the business. It was like uh, 85-15. And that's fine. But as investors, we want it more like 50-50 or even 70-30. So I would uh, hit the number. You had a bunch of good numbers, 2 million images, $499. You finally got the business model like 90% in, right, of the time. So I want to hear about the business model, right? So get to the point fast. Um, and then um, a, a good example of that was like, we believe there's growing demand, you said. Well, show me, right? I want numbers, right? What kind of demand, Right. Um, and you can't do that now. And obviously, this is a two minutes is an artificial construct, but I'm just trying to be helpful. Investors will want to hear whatever it is. You know, there's 300 million people that own pets in the United States. You know, 47% of them spend at least $50,000 a year over the lifespan of the dog. You know, health insurance for a typical dog costs this. And we think, you know, with our service of 499, you know, we can reach this many people over this amount of time. You know, numbers. You know, like draw, draw. Tell me a story by creating an equation of numbers that is convincing, that shows that there's profit here. That, that's what you're really wanting to do. Um, on the very positive side, you got me intrigued enough. I'm like, I'm curious. Like, I'm, I want to know more about the technology. Like, how does this actually work? You know, or, uh, and you might want to say a little more just about the South Korea versus U.S. Uh, transition, like you are a U.S. company or you're not, because that will you know, change U.S. investors' point of view. Um, you know, just like what jurisdiction are you in tax-wise? That's important to us, right? Um, anyway, I can go on, but that was, it was very good. Uh, is anybody saying anything in the chat room? I'm talking. Let's see. Somebody else say something and, and help our friend Eric out here. All right, we need to move along because it's getting late, but I hope that was helpful and happy to see you again. If you want to keep practicing, we have people who come here all the time and do it again if you want. Um, oh, there we go. There, there's some, some, uh, there's some uh, critique coming in for me. Thank you, Andre. It was somebody who pitches off himself. Um, cool. All right. Well, nice to meet you. Good luck with the uh, with the company. Sounds sounds like fun and uh, and useful. I've, yeah. Okay. Got to go. <laughs> okay. I'm talking too much today. All right. So next up was going to be uh, Zongshe, I think, and he's going to tell us um, what's, uh, about his. Uh, it's a musical thing, as I recall, from Yubei's uh, meeting Yubei last week, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So last week I was uh, attending uh, another meeting, so I, I did not make it. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, so uh, go ahead and give us a shot if you'd like. Okay, so uh, I'm the co-founder. Uh, so let's start right now, right? Yes. Oh, okay. So hi, greetings. We are the co-founders of the Vitoisol Webberton Vintage Company, and we proudly present the Sonic Horizon, which is our solution to reinvent the sound. Uh, so what are our missions? Our mission is to intertwine the user-adapted and true contextual scenarios with the latest technological advancements and pioneering the revolutionary soundscape as the ultimate sound experiences. So imagine there are uh, four of uh, we call it four 
a scenario. Okay, the first one is the instrument evolution. Okay, we're taking the instrument online and and offline. Okay, and also in, reinventing how we play and experience music. And more additionally, we also uh, uh, reinvent okay, the production line of the future uh, musical instrument. The second scenario is the live and studio magic. Uh, we capture the true essence of the sound attacking the microphone limitations. And we perfect all, all the instruments from the strings to the wind. The third scenario will be um, the global music classroom okay, with inspiration to the virtual reality okay, by using the power of VR, our sound test, and we connect with the music teachers worldwide. Uh, it's like being in the same room, okay, only better okay, globally. And the fourth scenario will be uh, the true sound revolution, okay, which we call the VAX rendering. So we step aside, okay, uh, step aside the Dolby Atmos, okay, so we dive into richer sound experiences from the live shows to the classic archive. So our technological advantages, okay, is uh, using our AI-driven state-of-the-art technology that we collected data to craft the digital preamps and the sound rendering. The signals are conditioned on the pickup. Okay, I'm sorry, I, I have to stop you. So you've talked for a minute and a half now, and you haven't said anything about money, right? This is an investor pitch. You, can you hear me? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, so, yes. so you're... You're wasting my time as an investor. I'm not mad. I'm just telling you that pitch will not work because you're talking all about the product and not about the business. So you need to start over and it, it sounds great, but you need to talk about the business, right? So you're very close to this and it fascinates you, but I don't know what it is. I just want to know if it's going to make money, right? So you need to turn it around and talk about the need for this in the market. Like there's a problem with, this part of the music industry or acoustics or something. I, and you didn't even really yeah. say what it is. I don't, is, it a, is it hardware or is it software? Is it an online platform? Is it an app? Yeah. I, I don't know, right? So you need to say what it is and how it makes money. All the technical stuff is great, but that's more like the credibility. But unless I know what you're talking about and where you're going, I'm just going to stop listening, right? Because I don't know. Okay. Is this a business or not? I don't know, <laughs> right? So that's why you practice. So no, I hope I hope that doesn't offend you. I'm trying to help. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now talk about the business, man. This is a, I'm a businessman. Talk about the business, right? And that's what investors want to hear. So if you can make a case that there's a problem that you're solving that makes money, then they will want to know all that other stuff. But you have to lay that foundation before you can build the house and furnish all the rooms. Is that helpful? Um, so yeah. this will be like uh, more whenever it's like two minutes speech. So we can just uh, at the very beginning we just introduce them very very briefly, and then we just talk about money. And, and then later on, uh, before finish, we can add some for them our technology for like uh, advancement something like that, right? Yes, because because if you don't tell me that it's a business, then I okay. I, I I don't I don't care, right? I mean I care. I like uh, yeah. as, as your new friend. I, I like I'm curious, but. But if you're pitching, the person is there to hear about how to make money, not about your business, okay. not about your product, right? It's the other way around. Like founders, I used to do this too. You're so close to it. You're fascinated by this product, 
and you hope it becomes a business. But my job as an investor is it's got to be a business and before I can okay. care about the product, right? Because especially with, um, with like, especially with venture capital investors, their job is they, they don't have the money themselves, right? They have partners that have given them money, investors. So they're investing. So their job is to make money. The rest is just, uh, you know, extra, you know? So, yeah. So you've got, you obviously know the stuff, but you need to establish yeah, credibility as a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. We will, yeah, we will attend the, the, the necessary remastering uh, at a private event. Okay. Yeah, they, okay. We can talk, uh, talk about it later. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. All right. I'm glad you – right. thank you. Thank you for not being uh, – taking that the wrong way. I am just trying to help. Uh, and hopefully you're all getting that message today. The, the product is cool, but it's, it's you've got to prioritize the business. When you're talking to investors, right, it's different than a sales call. If you're talking to clients, different thing, right? And if you're talking to your mom, that's another thing, right? Or, if we, or a good one, actually, if you're talking to employees or team members, you want to convince them of the vision and the importance of your solution and your technology. That's another audience, right? So it's, it's, it's the same um, – the same present, but unwrapped from different angles, I guess, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, okay, so I think uh, Troy is going to be up next, and uh, then we're going to wrap up here. George, I'm sorry, we would just do this on camera for people. It's, um, it's a little boring just to watch me talk to people, so uh, this is an on-camera show, but happy to have you here next time, and anybody else, actually, if you want to come back and pitch next time, we'd be happy to have you. I do this every month. Um, Next month is going to be Thanksgiving, so I don't know exactly what date we'll do it, and then Christmas. But anyway, we'll figure it out, and I'll be around. And, and by the way, there are uh, many uh, past episodes of this show on YouTube uh, and years of podcasts as well. So if you want more, if you're trying to learn the language of early-stage investing, please go and listen to those, and uh, we'll talk your ear off and uh, hopefully help you too. All right, so here comes our friend Troy. Hey, Troy. Hey, Scott. Hey, all the Yeah, nice to see you. You've been here before, right? I have. Yeah. yeah. Actually, if, if Scott told you today that you do too much of a product pitch, then join, join the club. I, too, <laughs> bear the whip, his whip on my back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's good. Let's, let's see if we cleaned it up. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. All right. So, bring it on. Hey guys, my name is Troy Fink, and I am the CEO and co-founder of a company called Gamut Tech. And Gamut Tech is a five-parents, four-parents company. And we help moms and dads solve for the everyday problems that are faced raising little ones. The $9 billion domestic child goods market is ripe for the harvest of parents' appetite for tech-forward solutions and convenience increasingly grows in the way that we're meeting our children's needs. Our flagship product is the URI. The URI is a patent hardware tech device that's smaller than a hockey puck and lives on mommy and daddy's toilet. The URI makes a game out of using the potty properly and safely. Regardless of age, gender, or modality, the URI will teach you how to use the toilet faster and more fun than ever before. Say goodbye to changing dirty diapers and reaching your hand into to disgusting children's potty chairs to clean up after your kiddo. With 27 billion pounds of diapers put into U.S. landfills every year, the fact that every, and the fact that every single one of us has to pass through this rite of passage and go over this learning curve, the URI will fit perfectly into the child's good space. In exchange for 10% equity in our company, we're looking for 150000 bucks. 
These funds will be for the purchase of bridging the gap between our existing works-like prototypes to the first 50 manufacturable units to go to market. That's about 50,000 bucks. With the remaining dollars spent, we'll look to spend that on marketing, sourcing manufacturers, optimizing costs to build our product and our brand. That was very good, way better. I, I'm remembering here now that I've heard the pitch. Yeah, that was good job. <laughs> it's, nice, it's, it's gratifying to me when somebody listens and they come back that much better. That was really good. Um, of course, I, I'll have suggestions, but I um, want to prompt everybody in the chat room, please, if you have suggestions um, for Troy and about his product or his pitch, uh, please share them so he can benefit as well. Um, so, okay, so good job. Clear, to the, so much clearer than last time. And you made clear what it does, who it's for, that it's hardware, it's this big, it gamifies, it helps. See, I retained it, right? Well, I've heard it twice, I guess, but this time I got it, right? It's like tick, 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 tick. Okay, so I know what you're doing now. Um, the piece that's missing is you didn't talk about the money enough. You talked about what you're raising, but I want to hear just a couple sentences. Is it retail? Is it wholesale? Like, who, how are you selling? And like a suggested price point, like just some numbers so I can get some idea. Like, is this a, you know, because I don't know, you know, but I don't know. Is this a $3,000 product with a $500 a month subscription that's only sold through Rolls Royce dealers? I, 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 it might be. I don't know. Or is it a direct consumer thing that you're going to put on Amazon and it's 99 cents, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. So that's, it, that's easily fixed, though. I mean, you've got the cadence. You've got all the other points. But, but like, just tell us enough so we can have some idea of, like, what the go-to-market strategy is, because that's the big question here. It, we're going to pres – presuming it works, and there's a clear market you have identified and a need. Um, actually, you missed – now I'm remembering. Didn't you say last time that um, something like in other countries, it takes them – they do it, like, way faster for kids or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not – it's like – I don't know what to add and what to cut. Sure. I, I doubled down on dollars, and I know that this is, like you said earlier, like two minutes isn't a real thing That's right. in the actual world. But I, I, and also, can I just honestly, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we'll be direct to consumer. I don't, okay. you know, I didn't even know how to really, and I should have asked this as a question, not monopolize this time now, but I wanted your help in trying to figure out how we put a proper early stage valuation mm -hmm. on a company like Gamatech on a yeah. product like the yeah, yeah. I I chose that because we're thinking crowdfunding mm -hmm. and we're thinking five hundred thousand in ad spend. The savants of that space are telling me mm -hmm. I'm sorry, five hundred thousand in total raise, twenty percent in ad spend. Okay. So I grabbed a hundred that but I didn't want to say crowdfunding to potential investors. Mm -hmm because I thought maybe that they may not like that. I, I just yeah. thought that might not be true at all. Yeah, a, lot of it, a lot of this is guesswork. Yeah, no, those are all good questions, and, I, and I'm glad you're here. This is why I do this, because those are legitimate questions, and nobody's going to give you a straight answer, so I'll try. Um, it's just hard when it's specific to you, right? And, and even an answer that you find online might be two years ago, and, and things may have changed, right? So, um, so let me quickly try to address that because I think this will probably help other people too. So um, you don't have to set a valuation if you use a safe note. That's one of the reasons it's used that way. So you would say, and I actually I would suggest you rephrase your, the way you said it was just a little, it was fine, but it was a little off from the way people inventors say it. You should say something more like we're raising X dollars at Y valuation. 
rather than we're giving 10% for this. Like, it just, right. people just don't talk that way. You're raising this amount of money at this valuation. Everybody will immediately do the math in their head, right? So that's just how you say it, raising X to the Y valuation. But it, so if you do that, a safe note can be um, we're raising whatever the number is, $500,000 on a post money. Again, post money, not pre-money, a post money safe, which means that people can put in up to $500,000 in smaller, large pieces up to you. But the valuation won't actually be set until the next round when you have some sales, some traction, and other investors who will do more due diligence, maybe have experience in the space or whatever, and they will say, you know, we think the company's worth $3 million or $7 million or whatever it is. And your first-round investors will be at that level, or you can put a cap or a discount on that as well. So you can read about safe notes, but that's what a safe is for, for that question. The other question, I'm moving quickly here because we're out of time, but the other crowdfunding. So crowdfunding is a legitimate way to go, especially for something like this. I, it, it sounds like crowdfunding. I don't have a ton of experience in crowdfunding, but it sounds that way. There are differing points of view on that from professional investors' point of view, which is one, if it's crowdfunding, um, if there's already a crowdfunding round done, it was probably done with a bunch of customers, not actual investors. So the valuation is probably inflated because those people are buying because they know you or they like the product. They don't really know if it's worth 6 million valuation or 6.5 valuation, which is a difference to me as an investor, right? So crowdfunding round is a legitimate way to raise money, but it's, it's not the best signal, uh, but it's increasing in popularity. And I have other people, especially if you talk to the crowdfunding people, they'll tell you, oh, we have VCs on our platform looking for deals all the time, right? So there's no clear answer there, but it sounds like a viable place for where you are given the consumer appeal of your product. The trick, as you probably know, and it's a whole other discussion, is crowdfunding is not so much a way to raise money unless you have a lot of money to market the raise, right? So uh, it, it's, it's, if you're going to try to raise 500, I would have at least 50 or 100 ready to go to help drive attention to the raise. It's, it's not. What do you, you think, Scott, about grabbing hold? Like, so our our numbers were were one in 150 for this this pitch. So like, let's just use that. So what do you think about going to angels to grab the hundred or the ad spend to build the traction to then to crowdfund? Yes, uh, that that's a, that I think is the way to do it if you can. Yes, that's what I would prefer. Yeah. And here's why. First of all, angels will be easier to close. It wouldn't take as long. You don't have to spend a ton of money marketing, ideally. Yeah. Um, yeah. But second. If they come in, we'll just making numbers up again, right? If, say, the initial valuation is $3 million, then if you go to a crowdfunding round and the, if the valuation gets kind of elevated because people aren't real investors like I was talking about, your initial investors won't be pissed off, right? Because they're like, oh, I invested at 3 now it's at 6 They're happy. Whereas if you do it the other way around and you start at 4 or 5 because the crowdfunding audience isn't the difference – Angel investors aren't going to want to come in. It's like, that was five. Well, I think it's probably worth four. They're going to undercut you, <laughs> right? So it's, it's a, yeah, order of operations is important here. But again, I just making that up, I would get multiple opinions on that, but that's, uh, that's how I would see it, and hopefully that's helpful. So I'm sorry, we probably need to move on here, but nice to see you. A, a real improvement in the pitch. I, I'm excited yeah, I'm about back, it. I'm not back, man. I'm not done with you yet. Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, well, please uh, like and share and all that stuff online. Cool. All right. Thank you, Troy. That was Mr. Troy. Okay, cool. So we're look at this almost two hours of uh, uh, scintillating advice nonstop from Southern California. Uh, it's my favorite way to spend lunch, I have to admit, although I'm getting hungry. So let's just run through a couple more things before we wrap up. 
we'll be having our next masterminds uh, meeting is in person here in Orange County. So if you are here, we'll be happy to see you. That'll be in mid-November. If you're not on the startup uh, council mailing list, you really need to head over here. There's a whole bunch of different uh, services and newsletters and things that you can uh, subscribe to. And they really are there uh, to, to help you. Um, let me put up this logo again. This is all stuff that I've built, me and my team, to try to help early stage founders like I used to be, right? So go to these. Any one of them, you can sign up on for the newsletters on the other ones. But I'm telling you, they, they, they're not all free, but they're all less than $100. Just trying to cover the costs and the time that we've put in. Um, I lose money doing this. I'm just trying to help, sort of God. So if any of that looks useful to you, I hope you'll sign up. And um, let's see, what else? The... Uh, the end of the show is nigh, but let's just talk quickly about our, um, where's that, our sponsors. Let's see. So we've got, uh, we'll, we talked about that. These are the guys startup in, uh, no, you can't see that. That's not very clever. Let's, hold on, I'll turn off the chat. Cake. No, you can't see that very well either. Anyway, cakeequity.com is a, is a platform for um, managing capitalization tables and stock options. And it's really super helpful if you're at that point where you're starting to issue stock options to your employees. And they have a lot of associated legal services and it's all templated and it can save you a lot of money and time. They're good friends of mine. I'm an investor and uh, I think you should go use Cake Equity if you are um, looking for that kind of help because they are good at that stuff. I'm trying to put up a discount code too. We have a discount code. There it is, okay. There, okay, OCSC20 if you go over to cakeequity.com. And I think that's kind of it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So let's, uh, future events, yes, go over to YouTube. Please like and subscribe, invite your friends, get on the mailing list so we can keep in touch. Please say hello on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to connect with you. And uh, we have a LinkedIn group over there that you can join. I'll uh, respond to people that connect with me with the URL for that. And I hope you have a great week, a great month, and a great fundraising uh, round for your startup. And thanks for being here, sharing your visions with me and with the world. I'm inspired by you, and I'm looking forward to seeing how you make the world a better place, because that's what we're doing here, making the world a better place. Um, if we don't do it as founders, um, you know, i got to tell you, I don't know who is going to do it. So it's up to us. Thank you for being here. Hope to see you again next time. Uh, please like and subscribe and tell your friends.